Yes, I'm a charismatic frontman with great eyebrows and a mysterious sexuality. Radio X. <laughs> Russell Brand. Right, now I'm glad this has come up. <laughs> Radio X. Hello, you're listening to Desert Island Discs with me, Kirsty Young. On this week's, but it's not Desert Island Discs, it's Russell Brand, and it's a Russell Brand podcast live, Woo! ladies and gentlemen. We have got a live audience, and what a radio show we've got in store for you. Would you agree, Matt, that it's one of the best? It's brilliant. And G, what did you think of it? It was a roller coaster ride, I can't lie. It, it was, was, it it went was a crazy. rip roaring event. We've got Professor Brian Cox coming up for you. He's going to be illuminating us on a thing that he calls science. So I'm interested in <laughs> learning about that. Are you, Mafu? Yes, I am. Anything else? Why did you look so concerned for? No, because you said that, that like, you've got to do a church reading. And I will be explaining all of that to you, listeners, in some extra content after the show. Me around the back. Oh, I'll see you around the back. What's your goal? What's that down your trousers? It's a podcast now. We can be weird. Radio X. Russell Brand. Welcome. You are listening to Radio X. It's the Russell Brand Show. Just before that, somewhat inevitably, given that it is Radio X and you're listening to Russell Brand Show, that was Noel Gallagher, Holy Mountain, which perfectly describes the man's ego. We are actually live from 10 seconds ago, for obvious reasons. That 10 seconds provides a buffer between your minds and my mind. A necessary buffer. Of course, there's English language as well, providing a little bit of a buffer, but also a connection. Let me use this skill, old mother tongue, to connect with Mr. Matt Morgan. Hello, Matt Morgan. Hello. Round of applause for Matt, because we've also got... Thank you, thank you. ...a live audience. The big bosses are so pleased with us. They've, they've been allowed, awarded this. They've got, awarded us. Audience. This is a live show. It's the last show of the year. It's a Christmas special show. And uh, we've got a live audience. I suppose it's a kind of litmus test to the quality of the work we're doing. So we can see in their currently disappointed faces. <laughs> <laughs> the there, there was an email about children in cars that we have to be aware of. We must remember while doing live broadcasting that children are in cars. Hopefully they're not they're driving not, they're not those cars. Or driving. <laughs> they're not trapped in no, there. They're not hostages, these it's children. It's Sunday morning and that children might be in cars. If you're a child if and you're listening. in a car, you can text us now, 83936. Look at the person driving. Is that your mum, dad or legal guardian? If not, spend the text with particular urgency. <laughs> Let us know. Or you can email us, russell at radiox.co.uk. You can tweet me, of course, at Rusty Rockets. That's the, the name that I go by. Or you can communicate with Matt at one of his ludicrous, complex, humorous <laughs> Instagram accounts. Matt underscore Morgan in words. Of course, words. underscore is in words. The big bosses, Matt, when they told me about this live show, they said they were so pleased. And But I didn't just trust my instincts whether or not they were pleased. I glanced down into the GAM region. Oh, no. They were foaming at the GAMs <laughs> with excitement at the work we'd done. They're so pleased. They are pleased with us. Of course they're pleased. How could you not be pleased? Look at the spectacular radio we're creating, which is humorous, insightful, intelligent, and also compassionate. And much of that compassion comes from a man that's been recently dubbed Jesus. It's Mr. G. Welcome, Woo! Mr. G, everyone. He's back. He said he'd come back. Where have you been? What have you been doing? What have you been wasting your time on now? I've been... I've been in prison. Right. I've been... Knew it, knew old, it. Old people's homes. Um, been in the Grenfell area and youth clubs. And just organising a lot of Christmas parties. I've been, I've been basically putting up tinsel, like, all over the world. 
Really? Right. Yeah, literally. That's that's my job, just putting up decorations. You're just going around scattering tinsel, which is very comparable to the way I lived about ten years ago. Now, gee, what like, were you welcome in many of these places, like uh, like uh, these prisons? What were you doing in them, for well, example? Well, uh, um, Pentonville, I got I give shout outs to loads of places. The Pentonville, they organise like a poetry, an annual poetry competition. Um, I call it the Ville because I know a lot about prisons, working class <laughs> culture, and crime culture in general. Because I'm quite, they do call it the Ville, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah, I've been in the Ville. Yeah. Didn't you go to Brixton Prison once? Been in all sorts of prisons, mate, I guess, because where I'm from, the streets, Tommy will know. Tommy's providing security now, here today. He's, we've got an Essex boy in here to guard us because spirits can get quite high in a situation such as this one. Gee, it's lovely to have you here with us. Yeah, great it's to be lovely back. that we've got someone here who cares about humanity and is trying to elevate the content of this show. Later on, we're going to be talking to everybody's favourite physicist, is Professor Brian Cox, will be in this wow. room with us explaining the wonder of the universe. Name, name two other physicists. Uh, <laughs> there's the one off Breaking Bad. He's very. He's, he's one of my chemist. most favourites. He's got. I love the way, the way he does those physics. Oh my god, it's brilliant, isn't it? And then of course there's a. And I'm very unfamiliar one. You may not have heard of this guy, Albert Einstein. Now he he had lovely hair and he dabbled in physics. Those are the two yeah. things that I know about. And Brian Cox is going to be in here. Do and you remember Heinz Wolf? He passed away recently. No, I don't remember Heinz Wolf. I'm oh, very yeah, sorry the mad to hear inventor inventor Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why are you talking about yeah. Heinz Wolf? For? He was on that physicist um, inventor. Engineering place. Neil deGrasse. Tyson. Look, don't let's not name physicists. I'm very sorry for the loss of Heinz Wolf, <laughs> but let's not turn this into a show where we name physicists. Not when we've got content of this quality, the kind of quality that, as you know, has our bosses very much elated and excited in ways that are physically demonstrated through obvious symptoms in the GAM region. <laughs> this one is from someone calling themselves Chris Mutter. We've got no evidence that that's their actual name, of course, but we're, we're going to take them at their word. Russell, as you're always banging on about collecting collective consciousness, am I? No. Barely ever mentioned collective consciousness. Our uh, audience here in the room, uh, listeners, have got those bingo cards that were given to us a little while ago by a listener. That must uh, be on there. Collective consciousness, consciousness, where you like can that. tick off the things that are regularly mentioned. Now, we've already had foaming at the gams, of course. There are various other things that sort of make up the folkloric culture of this radio show. Tick them off as they go. Play along at home. Unless you're a child in a car with a stranger, <laughs> in which case, get your foot straight through that passenger window. Make your way to freedom would be my advice to you. As you're always banging on about collective consciousness and Carl Jung, I thought I'd give you some further material to raise the cultural bar and keep the suits in the global ivory tower happy, although they frankly couldn't be happier, as I've made very clear. As I'm sure G will know, William Blake had a perspective on consciousness and religious scripture that I reckon will properly tickle your fancy. Uh, it may well do. I'm a great fan of Blake, and as you know, it's normally me that tries to raise the cultural bar, whether it's by mentioning Moby Dick or by some of my interviews that I conduct. Very popular, very successful interviews mm. with guests on the show. E.g., yes. when Brian Cox comes up later, I'm going to be teaching him a thing or two about <laughs> <laughs> the expanding universe, God. Uh, dark matter. I wouldn't have thought so. No, you won't be... <laughs> Brian, we could just replace him with some other affable mop top. No, I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen very carefully to. I'm, more, I'm quite interested in the fact he used to be in D Ream. I oh, know he was in D Ream, and uh, D Ream did, of course, provide the theme tune to the Tony Blair era. Dreams can come true. No, but also, no, things, no, can only things can only get better. Things can only get better. 
Now, I believe it was Dean that said, dreams can come true, look at Nan, she'll dance That'd be you. such a weird campaign song for Tony Blair. <laughs> dreams can come true. Oh, well, let's go with it then. I mean, it's actually more positive than things can only get better. Yeah. It sounds like things are so bad, yeah. it can't get any worse. Well, I mean, I think that's what the, the assumption was. Things are so bad, it can only improve from here. Let's have Tony Blair for a while. He seems nice at the moment. Then there's the death of Diana. That's going to give him a natural bump, isn't it? He did. Yep. He said people's princess. We all loved that. Uh, but I think dreams... Did he coin that phrase? She was the people's princess. Of course he did. That's what, that, was, that was the best that bit of Tony Blair. Hmm? Yeah, yep. She was, you know... I'm a pretty reliable guy. I think he said stuff that's like that. That's not bad. That's it's not, not bad, is it? Bad. As you know, I'm... Good. Squid Ink. That's David Attenborough there. But let's not turn this into a show where we name physicists and do <laughs> sub impersonations of people. Not, not this late in the day. Now, look, we're talking about William Blake. We're talking about collective consciousness. And here's what he's got to say. Blake, a lot like Brand, literally created his own rich cosmology and mythology as he felt like the ones they were using in the 18th century were naff and unhelpful. Matt, I'm not lying you to you. You did say Blake a lot like Brand. Oh, no, yeah, I did add that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Blake worked to encode his revolutionary spiritual and political ideas into a prophecy for a new age, like Brand. This desire to recreate the cosmos as the heart of his work and his psychology is what defines Blake. His myths often describe the struggle between enlightenment and free love on one hand and restrictive education on, and morals on the other. Now, that is a tension we can all understand. We all crave spiritual freedom. We all create, cre uh, crave sort of emotional freedom, but we are somewhat defined by morality, aren't we, Matt? We certainly are. What have you got there? A hangover, is it? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> what have you been doing? Why, why are you I went so... To my, I'm going to say happy birthday to my sister Lucy. Happy birthday, Lucy. I went to her party at her house. There's a point where it's just me, my mum and dad, my wife, and both my sisters and my brother dancing in a room. That's weird, isn't it? Because what's happened there Very is... Very weird. The, d the domestic paradigm has been challenged, which I think should be on your bingo card, domestic paradigm <laughs> being challenged. No, it's not, is it? So, that I'm me all right. I just drink a bit of champagne and now I feel a little bit... You've tried to mask it with your haircut, haven't you? You've tried to get a haircut to mask the no, hangover. This haircut's been happening for a few days. Has it? You've been working you towards that. I think you look very handsome. It's Do people in the audience like it? Is it right? Muted smattering was, of applause there from the audience. Disapproval. Yeah, that's not good, is it, mate? When you get a new haircut, you don't want that from people. You don't, you don't want a highly conditional response from them. What you want is absolute devotion and love. Mr G, of course, will be summarising all of this, the interview with Brian Cox, the president of live audience. He has started to summarise it in the form of poetry, and it's poetry that we've very much missed. Last couple of shows, Matt, it's been quite difficult. We, did, we almost Gareth came to did blows, it. didn't we, oh, last we week? we did, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, you guys About. need to seriously... Well, we've made. We're not, we're not going to goodwill, right? You know, we're not going to um, argue today, are we? We've made a little pact. Are we? No, we're not, dear. Me and Matt today pledged to get on very nicely in in uh, the spirit of the season. We're going to be very gonna loving and benevolent. <laughs> we're going to keep very, very upbeat and optimistic, loving and together over the course of this show. Now, let me think what else I want to do. Is anyone here in the audience who wants very much to participate? There's a lady in the front row who claims to be a pagan. Is that true, madam? Yes. Yes. I don't know, I don't swear. <laughs> 
There you go there. There's the, there's the audience. They announce themselves quite casually as pagans. They deny themselves the opportunity to communicate and then threaten to swear live on air. So this is the kind of people we've allowed in here. If you are a listener at home, just enjoying your morning, or perhaps you're a child wondering who the hell that is driving you, you we might think that perhaps you would have been a better contributor to the show. It would have been better to have had you there. So if you are that child, seize control of the vehicle, get yourself to Leicester Square and join us here now. Later on in the show, we're going to be uh, reviewing Strictly Come Dancing. I'm going to be analysing it culturally, looking at the seething pit of sexuality. I've never watched that show. You should watch it. We'll also be talking about The Crown. We'll also possibly be talking about Star Wars. Lots of people have... Yeah, uh, I saw it last night. Yeah? Yeah. What do you think of Star Wars? It's... I love Star Wars. But you feel like it's... But... but, Yeah. They're struggling to find a Vader character. That's what what, do you think, with. G, yeah. that's because you yourself have, uh, you know, like Vader is deep, deep in your uh, early, early life unconscious well, mind. that's what I was talking to Gareth about, where maybe we've got memories that harken back to childhood and we're trying to relive those memories that we can't quite do it. And maybe for some, someone like a 10, 13-year-old watching it, they'll just go, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, but he's not scary. Adam Driver, when he takes his mask off, is just... Gorgeous. <laughs> Drop deck. Oh my God, Darth Vader, you're evil and you're gorgeous. When Vader took his mask. What are you doing horrifying. after we've blown up this Death Star? Yeah, yeah he's got <laughs> boyish curly hair. Yeah. It's, it's like, a bit like, it looks like you. Babe. Thank you very much for saying that, that I'm a dark and evil force. Perhaps these early imprints of mythology that we receive as children can never be relived again. Let's return to our William Blake email, because I'm very interested in trying to understand this. All right, so he's trying to understand mythology, says old Blakey. Blakey goes, hey, I'll get you, butler. Because on the buses is a reference that people have in 2017. On the buses is one of the things that people think about. It was Blake that said, if the, hey, butler, if the doors of perception were cleansed, butler, everything would appear to man as it is, infinite. So the doors of perception, the apertures of the senses, inhibit our understanding of the infinite. Just one of the questions I'll be throwing into old Coxie's lap in a matter of moments. They taught us Blake at school, and a lot of it's about don't go to church, walk around outside in nature. Well, our pagan audience member would appreciate that. She's she's loving that. Pantheonism, that God is in all things. But we were taught it at school, in a in the, this, like the rooms that he was saying you shouldn't be in these rooms. Right. It's a bit ironic, really. It was ironic because you were in an institutional educational facility being told that institutions yeah. such as those were, in Blake's mind, the opposite of enlightenment and education. Exactly. <laughs> now, Blake's amazing. I mean, there's, a, there's a poem he's got called The Poison Tree, and I read it to prisoners, and it still works today about resolving conflict. Gee, how much cultural collateral are you hoping to <laughs> wring from your one visit to a prison? <laughs> Swings by a prison just once, serves up a little bit of porridge and reads out Albert and the Lion to a, a few malcontents. And then for the rest of his life, he's been trying to rinse it. Unlike Russell Brand, a serious drug addict who is now 15 hey, years 15 clean. Years no ago. drugs. Well done. No drugs for 15 years. Oh, I'd like to one of my have mates got says, that round of applause for my haircut. Well, well that's right. <laughs> it's, it, you can't reappropriate... The, the, the round of applause for my free secondary schools worth of drug-free life. That's free secondary schools, isn't it? From first year to fifth year, no drugs. And I, I wasn't it's taking that many drugs. It's a weird way to measure time. <laughs> I've done free secondary schools <laughs> without drugs. Don't you still measure things in times at secondary school? No. No? No. Why not? I measure time back to 9-11 and then before 9-11. Don't want to lower the time. Is that what you do? <laughs> yeah. You're seeing life in 9-11s and Doesn't you don't run my secondary schools. No, we don't. No, we don't, mate. 
we mark it according to the clock and that's another thing we'll be talking to Brian Cox about when he comes here the true nature of time we're going to be talking about conspiracy theories we're going to be talking about the nature of God we're going to be talking about Blakey from On The Buses but before that you must be wondering how is this stuff funded surely on a man's charisma on another man's poor haircut on another man popping around prisons to boast about his freedom no it isn't it's a little guy called Bradley Advert who's composed this little masterpiece do enjoy Russell Brand this is Radio X you're listening to Russell Brand on Radio X and it's going very well we're getting tweets and texts coming through in their thousands as you know at the moment I'm performing my rebirth tour and what a smash it is Matthew everywhere I go between the peals of laughter sometimes people say stuff like uh, don't get thrown off air Russell we're really enjoying the Radio X experience they say it in gen- like you don't want that they say it genuinely don't they they think it could happen mm. There's a genuine... Today's the day it really could happen. Well, because we're live now, we're live from 10 seconds ago, and as we've already discussed, there's different ways of measuring time. Matt sees it in 9-11s. I see it in secondary schools. Radio X see it as something that happened 10 seconds ago for highly rational reasons. Let's have a look at just some of these tweets. Hi, Russell. I'm Millie Mae Madwick from Greys, and I'm five and in a car. Right, that's good. <laughs> Millie Mae Madwick. Oh, the triple, the triple M. Matt Morgan offers the double, but here's the treble. M and M and M. Little Millie Mae Madwick from Greys, where I'm from, and she's five and she's in a car, and we love you, little Millie Mae Madwick. And it's for, it's we must think of we Millie Mae Madwick <laughs> when we're making this content. <laughs> what did I, what, have I said something unusual? No, Not you yet, said we Willie. No, no, you're good, you're good. <laughs> we Millie Wave. <laughs> <laughs> we Millie Mae Madwick, we love you, Millie. We're thinking of you. You are our focus, you are our totem. You are the future. Whitney Houston, in this area of her life, was right. The children are the future. In other areas of her life, she did make mistakes, but that's not her fault. We believe it to be a disease. Hi, Russ, Matt and G, says Evie. Felt I needed to email and say that your podcasts have been helping me get through a horrible breakup this week with the guy I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with. Mr. G. I met him (laughs) on a prison visit and he promised me the earth. He said that he'd written a poem for me Adver, off the Adver, top Adver. of his head and it turned out to be a poem by Roald Dahl himself. <laughs> now, with the guy, listen, like, we all know what it's like, the pain of a breakup. You invest emotionally in a person, don't you? You put yourself in them. You put your vision of completion into another person and inevitably the pain comes. But we believe, Evie, that you, like your namesake in the Garden of Eden, will bring down mankind. (laughs) No, no, that you will find truth, enlightenment and knowledge. And the divine feminine principle, the ultimate essential gradient which you will continue to climb, will guide you onwards. I was wondering if you could give me some advice for getting over it and how to cope because I'm currently a bit of a mess. Oh, yeah, it's uh, going to your innermost self. Don't depend on people outside of yourself. Next time you're approaching a relationship, probably look for the coldness of friendship, unity and togetherness and not some sort of transcendent angelic experience that you've downloaded from films like Bridget Jones's Diary or a romantic cultural artefacts such as paintings and poetry of like the last hundred years or so. I would say go out, get drunk, meet new people. <laughs> oh, you could do that. There's always drinking, meet new people. There's all of those options. And also stay away from Mr. G, the heartbreaking <laughs> philanthropist that he is, a complex, complex man. In fact, some people here, Matthew Morgan, hmm. have been asking me, look, gentlemen, says Camilla, and I have good, I have it on good authority that that's actually Camilla Parker Bowles. <laughs> consort of Prince Charles future king of England fingers crossed maybe could be could be could be couldn't it maybe you should start 
an advice segment on One's broadcast. Now, she does use then One. we used to do an advice Of course thing. we did. What was it called? Hell. It was called Hell. Yeah, Christ. Hell. Yeah, it was always basically, I'm gay and I've not come out, my friend's gay. Or is that gay? That was no, gay. that was gay. Either way, <laughs> if you are gay, come out. Maybe you should start an advice segment on One's broadcast. Now, it's very interesting that she uses the word One. Perhaps it is Camilla Parker-Bowles. Here's a question. How can One be kind and caring without taking on the sadness of others, e.g. members of the royal family? Thank you all for trying your hardest. Patronising oh. compliment. We're not trying our hardest. This comes very easy to us, does it, Matt? No, I'm really yeah, trying. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying. Man, I'm paddling downstairs. <laughs> Let me down and buy that. I mean, my little So what's she saying? What's the question? You've, how do you help people without taking on their sadness? Oh, it's a tough You've got to ask G that. Got to help people without... No, don't ask G. He can't help. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. This is one for all Russ. This is one for all Russ. How do you help others without taking on their sadness? Now, listeners, little May, Millie May Madrick sat in the car. How do we take on... How do we help people without taking on their sadness? I suppose uh, this is probably... Ooh, go on, Matt. What do you reckon? I don't... I can't answer that because I do take on people's sadness. Whose sadness I'm an over-empathiser. Nah. You don't. Who shouted empath from the... Oh, a weird heckle. Empath. <laughs> That's the strangest thing I've ever heard shouted from a distance in my... Well, no, I, I felt bad last night thing. when we were dancing. There was a bit you where we family. go in the other room for a photo. The DJ was bending down getting something, right? Mm. We all left the room and I thought... That's what I left. Thought, oh, he's going to stand He's going to come back up. Oh, what did I do? He's going to come back up from downstairs. What was downstairs. wrong with Return of the Mac? Which <laughs> <laughs> was what was playing. He's going to think that Return of the Mac has emptied the bloody dance yeah, floor. Yeah. Return of the Mac, but departure of all else. Exactly. That's what he's going to think when he emerges. About, and what, you took on that sadness? I did, Did yeah. you take it to ridiculous extremes? No, I just felt a little pang and I thought, don't think about that. If you've got any advice on how to take on other people's problems without feeling the uh, emotional collateral damage, you can uh, tweet me at Rusty Rockets or at Radio X, or you can text us now, 83936, or email Russell at radiox.co.uk with that problem or any problem, because I'll tell you that you will solve it. I suppose it's by having a strong emotional support network yourself. So, like, what I do is I identify people that I think can hold pain and hold fear. Like, there's certain, like, there's certain things I would, wouldn't bother Matt with because I think, oh, Matt's got, a, a, like, his imagination is a terrifying tool. Like, so, like, if I was talking, like, when me and Matt did that, Matt and I went through a survival experience recently, uh, <laughs> a little place called Camp Gatto, where we took on nature, where we took on the elements. We stared death in the face and dared it to do its worst in a luxurious camping environment <laughs> in someone's garden. Uh, but and when Matt and I were telling stories, campfire stories, as tribal people have done since the origin of our species, or at least the origin of language, like uh, Matt's stories were like dystopian tales. Of I like thought we were both. You keep saying apart. this. I thought we were both having a conversation, no. and then I realised you'd sort of stop saying things. That's right. So I was shuddering. And then you went, "Oh, we've got to go to bed now. I'm scared." <laughs> Well, because what it was, Matt, is you were saying about how if, like, we don't have any petrol or whatever it is for one week, society's going to break down and people will turn into savages and start banging on my windows asking if they can borrow my barn. <laughs> well, I won't have that. <laughs> no, like, I mean, like, I suppose it was, it was interesting because it was a modern-day myth and William Blake was earlier on saying that's precisely what we need. However, if you do need a friend to write you some barbed and cruel comments because you're unwisely participating in a Comedy Central show called... Uh, roast Battle. Roast Battle, which the, the title of which should have told me that they're called Comedy Roast Battle. Oh, this will be a nice environment <laughs> for a sensitive person, right? Like, if you want to be tooled up, like in the film, sort of, Leon, or the bit in The Matrix where Neo goes into that lovely white room and gets guns, lots and lots of guns, go see Matt Morgan. He'll come up with the, some of the <laughs> cruelest remarks known to man. <laughs> uh, like, it was like, 
like peering into Pandora's boat. Like I saw the end of the world in that in that list of goats. It wasn't that goats. bad. Oh, they were very cruel. They must never be spoken of again. They must be locked up like the Ark of the Covenant in Indiana Jones when it turns everyone into skelling pungs. Now, so uh, but like so, I suppose it's having an emotional network that you can rely on. CG, I turn to G with sort of deep emotional things. With Matt, there's certain things I'll talk to him about. What? So, You've made it sound like you can't talk to me about anything. I can talk to you about things when I want to get when I want some nasty, sarcastic <laughs> remarks to keep uh, Jimmy Carr a broom handle worth away. Stay back there, Carr. I'm fully loaded, Jimmy Carr. Jimmy Carr, actually, a very compassionate and sensitive man. Now, what some of you won't know is that I've endured an injury this week, and it's quite a severe one. Matt, I'll show you now my human thumb. There it is. See that? Well, not that close. Well, how close do you want it? It's closer oh, still. Wow. Uh, earlier, like, uh, what boy. I'm doing now is I'm showing Matt Morgan my thumbo. That's the thumb on the right hand, as opposed to thimbo, the left-hand version. Uh, I was I was visiting people to make up for my dog Bear's transgressions in oh, the week. Dear. I was having to deliver amends packages, bottles of wine, uh, bandaging, stuff like that. <laughs> and, and, really, <laughs> get him sorted out. What well, Matt? I don't know what else I can do. I've had SuperVet extract his testicles i've got those testicles in a little plastic jar in the kitchen and once in a while i show him them i say do you remember these guys hey there's plenty more where that came from but of course there isn't no one has more than two gonads or do they and that's the quiz today eight three nine three six um so and then like but while i was delivering the uh the apology packages what do you mean by car you were getting things out of a boot yeah, was, yeah, but the boot's not a problem. Look at his mind. He's like Poirot. Do you see that? He's trying to, he's trying to deduce the problem already. Matt Morgan's there trying to already come up with the resolution. No, no I'm trying to build a picture of you going around like Frank Spencer, apologising for people your dog's bitten. <laughs> it wasn't people and it wasn't bitten. But if you can imagine, I mean, it was a sort of a, a tornado of, of fur and sort of, you know, I think what it was... How is, many events? How many, like... It was just one event, but there oh, were right. a fair few victims. Now, what, like, uh, like, do you know that day when it snowed? Everyone thought, I think if you're like me, when it snowed in Britain, we all thought, snow day, snow day, normal rules suspended, no school, no dog lead, let's get out there and live life to the full, to the maximum. Anyway, yeah. things happened. I ended up, like, like I've been, I'm instructed by my dear wife not to talk about the details, uh, about how, me apologising to a farmer through a window. Like, <laughs> like it was an advent calendar. He opened his window, farmer Oliver, like the advent calendar. Didn't come to the door. Never a good sign when someone addresses you through their window, is it? Hello? All right there? <laughs> like, Did he slam a window on your thumb? No. One, one of the other... Let's call them victims. I went around to it like I was uh, like a lovely young lad. Uh, Jamie and Robbie, a couple of brothers. Big shout out to you guys who sort of helped me in my hour of need. When I was dropping off their gift, they had a sort of a guillotine gate. The gate catch sort of sealed together two gates, like a guillotine. Yeah. You know, a guillotine. like no, just like a Gu normal gate that goes down. No, like mate, no. Because it's a latch that goes over both gates. A very binding, very frozen... You know, it, it binds together the two things. I want you to have the image of a frozen bracket. Now, I was just thinking about how well-behaved their dogs were, having dropped off their packages, so their dogs stopped barking as I was uh, sort of reversing back towards the gate. Just keep my eyes on them, because you never know, do you, Matt? You never, ever know. Anyway, the guillotine landed down on my fumbo. It caused me to exclaim out loud. You know, like, you don't often cry out in pain these days. I mean, probably Millie Mae Madrick's parents are right now. <laughs> 
to c- make mean these them. days? Well, these days, you don't often hear someone yelp in pain, do you? When was the last time you heard someone go, Oh, why? Deliver us, Lord, from the belly of the whale. Deliver us, Lord. The griffin is attacking. Deliver us, Lord. The vampires are swooping. I screamed. It wasn't that long ago. I had two coffees. I had one in the holder. Um, you know, like... Why are these coffees perched on your thigh? Matt's no, doing no, no. a mime now. I'm driving a car. I'm driving a car. I've got a coffee experience. in the holder, and then you know that the top of the coffee lid sort of holds another coffee, right? That's right. It doesn't hold it. Stacker. It just stacks It's a stack and pack technique. I went yeah. round a corner, yeah. hot coffee went on me, Ooh. and I had to come up off the chair, and I'll move my microwave, and I went... Ah! <laughs> you went for a high octave. Proper scream. You went, I went around the corner. And there's a lady. She was like walking a dog. She watched me go around the corner. And go. <laughs> <laughs> that she didn't watched work you lunge and twitch. Like he looked oh. like a you know a geometry set. It's got all those different triangles in it. When you're a kid, Matt looked like the sort of the long sloppy. I think it's called isosceles triangle. Is it? No, but you know that you know the triangle. It's no use to you. It's the one that's like it's like a wedge of cheese. Matt looked like a wedge of cheese there. His little diagonal legs it was were flicking so out and all sorts of and angles. It didn't go away for ages because the, the clothes were stuck gathering it up little yeah. rivulets was there mate yes. little rivulets and bright of red coffee. all on one side it was very hard anyway about your thumb yeah well <laughs> no, I'm very interested in your shriek because what I've done when I did my shriek of pain I dropped a couple of ox- octaves I went <laughs> like that because I didn't want my wife and child to hear that as distress signal but when you're in actual pain there's a few moments after isn't there where you don't really want to be addressed you don't want to chat yeah. even when people the go, kick in the balls is worse you just drop and you can't have a conversation. Who's kicking you? Children. Who's kicking him in the stones, son? Someone's kicked me in the stones. Me and Tommy, he's doing security here today. We're from Essex. We know about kicking the stones. Go have a bit of aggro, did you? Just kneel him in the stones no, to bring him down. Me in the balls. You're getting kicked in the stones by toddlers, are you, son? Terrible, terrible business, that, Matthew. So, yeah, so basically, I've, got, I've endured an injury over the course of the week. That's basically what I'm saying. The thumb represents the ego in yogic lo- philosophy, and that is why Fonzie puts his thumbs up. <laughs> I hope you've all <laughs> learned something valuable. Fonzie puts his thumbs up because the thumb is the ego. The pointy finger is true. aggression. The, what, you don't think there's a language of fingers? You don't think there's a finger language? Well, so hitchhikers... Well, there's certain fingers that are contraband, isn't there? There's certain <laughs> fingers that are not allowed because there's a language of Hang fingers. On. There's the pinky finger... Hello, dear. There's the wedding finger. I love you. There's naughty finger. You dirty devil. There's pointy anger finger. And there's thumbo. Oh, thumbo. Guillotined on a cold day. Thumbo. Oh, thumbo. Why did you end up this way? All black and blue. Hurt through and through. You can tweet us. No, hang on. Wait. I want to know why the thumb represents the ego. The thumb. Have you made that up? You know so little about yogic philosophy. We're going now live to the audience. Look at some of these people here. There's a genuine young listener there, Matt. What's your name? I'm changing the Uh, subject. James. Ash got your gift as well, Russell. Oh, you're lovely. You're James. You've got me live. Where are you from? Uh, Belfast. Oh, he's a lovely lad from Belfast and he's got me a gift. What have you got me? Uh, I know you don't wear suits because you're not one of the suits. That's right. I'm a free man like you. I'm a revolutionary. Whether it's delivering gifts because of something what my dog might have done (laughs) or whether it's going on and on about the nature of the thumb. Go on. But I thought you'd find this funny anyway. Uh, There you go. I love you, James. You beautiful. How old are you? 18. 18 year old lads. We are relevant to youth. I say we are relevant to youth. Whether it's Millie Mae Magic or a young lad there, I've got a lovely gift here. So the thumb, Matthew, represents the ego. Because of Fonzie. All right? <laughs> cufflinks. Lovely cufflinks from a young man. And what's that on them? The most beautiful visage one can imagine. My own face. 
my own face on my wrists. That's going to be very useful in certain situations when I need to glance down at my wrists for inspiration. Thank you, young James. You're a beautiful young man and I adore you. I couldn't love you more. I'm too self-involved. Simply too self-involved to love another person more. Yeah, this is yogic philosophy, Matt. The, we're talking but, about uh, the That's unknown. what I'm trying to understand. Is it or have you just said that? No, it's true. Actually, right. it's true. The so what's hitchhiking then? What? What's hitchhiking? Like boasting by the side of a road? <laughs> Come on, pick me up! Let me in the back of your van! Surely Come on! the thumb must mean... Well, thumbs up means Everything's good. good. Caesar, yeah, that's there's not Christians fighting a lion. Picture it, the Colosseum, BC 01. <laughs> the Christians are wrestling a lion. Caesar's thumbs up, the Christian lives on. Caesar's thumb goes that Well, they wouldn't be Christianity yet, because I suppose it's not established too after well, the no, death of Christ. Well, no, because you think that was heaven so, and hell, but it wouldn't be that. Well, heaven and hell, like that's to do with the ego also, mate. These concepts, these metaphysical concepts must relate to the human psyche on some level, otherwise they would have no relevance at all. Now, Dan in Japan has written us an email, which I'm going to go through in a minute, Matt, unless you've got some content, or unless... It might be a good time to mention that there's someone here who's become a bit of an unofficial sponsor of the show. <laughs> Many of you will know that Matt Morgan uses this radio show, unlike me, a man who only wants to do his rebirth tour and get his recovery <laughs> book out there and reach people with loving messages. Matt Morgan uses this show to ransack people for their belongings. What are you doing there? Matt just Trousers got up. are riding up. Another little rivulet of coffee. <laughs> Woo! Hot black coffee now! Woo! Hot black coffee now! Yeah? I mentioned coffee when we we're about to talk about Adagio Teas. <laughs> Adagio Teas. Oh, yeah. What's your name? Philippa or Penny or something like that, isn't it? Danielle. Danielle. Oh my God, the audience actually know the name of the lady from Adagio Teas. Many of you will know. Hello, it's lovely to meet you, Daniel. Thank you Hi. for providing us with limp, tasteless, vile beverages. <laughs> What's going on for you at that big, giant corporation, Adagio Teas? Where'd you get your teas? Probably by exploiting the third world, is it? Oi. Probably contributing to climate change, are you? No. Tell us about Adagio Teas. Where are you based? Um, we work from an office in Rotherhive. It's just me and one other person. Yeah, you fat yep, cats. Yep, yep, yep. You capitalist pigs. Sat there counting your money, swilling down your tea. Yeah. And what else? What's any got any new flavours you're working on? Uh, there's also Christmassy flavours. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I sent you a little Christmas. Exploiting tea. the season. Yes. The birth of our Lord. Of Trust the Daggio teas. <laughs> yeah, anything else? Um I don't know. We're gonna try and do some Matt Morgan Appreciation Society <laughs> teas. Oh, so Bingo. I'm nice and jealous about that. <laughs> I'll tell you what, love, I wouldn't want to be involved in any event where the beverages were provided from those charlatans at Adagio Teas. In fact, don't drink Adagio Teas. No. Filthy stuff. Taste of wheeze. Don't drink Adagio Teas. That stuff's bloody poison. As you are listening to Russell Brand live, we are funded by adverts, not just Matt Morgan's cronies in the city like Adagio Teas, but also some reliable companies put together by a very kind man, very much a Phileas Fogg figure, very much a Willy Wonka figure. It's Bradley advert Russell Brand Radio X. Of course I fall in love with someone I shouldn't fall in love with because you shouldn't really fall in love with anyone you should keep your innermost connection your innermost feelings connected to the divine Evie that was dedicated to you Evie a woman who we are sort of ushering out of a broken hearted state many of the people that listen to this show are almost by definition mentally ill and when we get to see their faces as we can now it becomes clear that the demographic we are targeting is rag bags <laughs> rag bags the forgotten people the shipwrecked the fallen and the broken 
reckon. Ah, but does not our Lord go after a lost sheep all the more better? Uh, of course he bloody well does. He don't want sheep that keep him perfectly still. Not the Lord, does he? No. Does he, Matt? No, no, I wouldn't have thought so. I wouldn't have thought so either, said we Russell's We do help a lot brain. of people, apparently. I know, the mentally ill love us, but why wouldn't they? Because we are them. Nick Cately says, Hello, Russell. Ooh, a bit of spit. Did you hear that spit in my mouth then? No, I didn't. Someone said to me that I've, uh, it was an acupuncturist. She said, I've got too much phlegm. Yeah, but in Chinese oh. medicine, they talk like stuff like that. Phlegm. Phlegm. Phlegm or spit, because... Do you think there's a difference? Yes. What, so I suppose, like, spit is the soup, phlegm is the crouton. Oh. <laughs> Come on! If you want to tweet us, you can, at Rusty Rockets or at Radio X, or you can text 83936. Some people here are literally using this radio show as an opportunity to relight the fire in their marriage. Who was that, that image you showed us? Venstar Deluxe. Venstar Deluxe and Adrian. and Adrian enjoying conjugal activity, and why wouldn't they on a Sunday morning, the morning of the Lord, to express themselves through love? We've got some other tweets here, and if you do want to tweet us, excuse me, do. My wife Natasha's in your audience, she's travelled all the way from Lincolnshire. Please, if possible, give a shout-out to her, says Neil. I'm afraid we can't do that, Neil. We're too busy. <laughs> Great show. Keep it up. Bet the big bosses are happy. Of course they are, Poggy knows. They're foaming, foaming at the gams. Hey, Russ, Matt and G, look, I've got this terrific idea for a social enterprise mental health support thing. Probably an app or a website. It's called Anonymate. It's a free, anonymous way that blokes or women, he's, I added all women because, you know, we've got to get beyond the gender divide, guys. Blokes or women with mental health issues or whatever, maybe they're, ju they're just feeling a bit down and need a chat with an anonymous mate. Love the show, don't get banned, William Reimer. That idea. is a good idea, Anonymate. And that's why I'd like to copyright that immediately <laughs> uh, as Russell Brand Enterprises, a sub-company of Adagio Teas. <laughs> don't drink them, don't drink those bloody teas. So, uh, hi, Russell, congratulations on still being drug free says Nick Cately anyway I have to ask do you or have you ever been involved with the Illuminati are you a mason what advice can you give to achieve a better life as a mason sorry if that sounds silly but I had to ask I'm not a mason you have to firstly not have a criminal record secondly you have to have, be a business person I think if anyone is a mason it's bl this bloody Danielle from Adagio Tees <laughs> how do you know so much about getting into the masons do I know a lot about... Ooh, crikey. They're on like to me. Sound like looked into it. I know, because I do care about things like that, secret societies, tribal ideas. I've always cared about things like that, Matt, because I think sort of tribal identity, ritual and ceremony will be very important to us going forward as a species, unless we want to become materialistic rationalists and therefore sort of reach the conclusion that nihilism is a sort of the truth of reality. So but why wouldn't they let you in? Because apparently I'm too strange. <laughs> <laughs> they had embarrassed that. Now, you're often accused of being in the Illuminati. Often accused of it. And, and if I was in it... I suppose you wouldn't admit it anyway, but like, there's a picture of me that you have here. What's your name again, mate? Natasha. Natasha, you were the person that just got a shout out from your own husband. Yeah, I bet he shouted you right out the house this morning, didn't he? <laughs> Get out! Get out of my house! <laughs> 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 Call this a marriage? Get yourself to London. I went to my mum's threw the children at my mum. You threw the children at your mum. Do you mind if I perch upon you? Do I have your permission as a human? Thanks. There you go. That's what you want in a modern Britain. So, okay, what are you, uh, what are you gonna? You've got a photograph of me looking very much like I am in the Illuminati. Is that true? Shape-shifting like lizard. lizard. A shapeshifter. Yeah. One of the best Illuminati. That's top ranking. You smell 
Lovely. Thank you. You've been pretty nice yourself. But remember, this is a radio show, and the oral factory senses is not primarily where it's received. Although a type of radio where you could smell me, Matt, would probably be the best type of radio yet. No, not sometimes. No, there are moments but where the last thing you'd want is the aroma of me. Do you want a present? Why don't we? Uh, let's just tweet that image of me looking like a lizard Illuminati man. That'll be uh, useful in building a case for me being a member of, of that exclusive and uh, dastardly gang, the Illuminati, that are apparently running the world. When I think it's probably more likely that a uh, sort of powerful financial interest. You can probably just look at why they've got the most influence, the most trade. That'll probably be it. Anyway, we'll be talking to Brian Cox about that and lizards in just about half an hour. This is the last link of the show. We're going to be going into the news, a little show where you're told just exactly what's going on via the minds of the big bosses, of course, probably using it as a means to condition people. Are they, Matthew? Uh, you said it's the last link of the show. Last of the hour. All right. No, yeah, no. We've got loads more. We've got another hour. Don't panic. Well done for spotting that. That's really good, man. That's very professional. That's one of the most professional <laughs> things you've done today. So, um, I've been doing some really good dadding this week. Like, for example, my child nearly fell off a table the other day and I caught it. Why was it on a... <laughs> Why was it on a table? It was just doing a little show I've produced myself <laughs> called Baby Dancing with Russ and Mabes. She was, oh, it was a lovely bit of tabletop dancing, wonderful stuff. Yeah. yeah, she toppled. I grabbed her by her garment, which was a, just a normal baby garment, and then I was able to get another hand underneath, and my wife said, that's good dadding there. She was impressed by it. So uh, mm. not only have I saved a baby, I've impressed a wife. Have you got any uh, parental stories where you do um, some good dadding just for once? Cohen this just week for once? is playing... Angel Gabriel in the school play. Good part, good I, part, the well, harbinger, go, the harbinger. Well, Why? Yeah, it's quite a big role. Uh, because, well, various reasons. Partly, you're not allowed to take babies there, so we can't go with our other child. That's out know. of order. So That's out of order. No, but we crowd. went to the dress rehearsal, but uh, he asked me that night, he goes, I said, do you like doing that? Because he was good at it. He said, yeah, I just, what I don't understand is why they're all named after swear words, like Jesus Christ and God's sake. <laughs> 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 and it was really hard to explain that the swear words came afterwards. How did you explain it? I'll play the part of Cohen, and you play the part of you. Okay. Who are you? Cohen. I'm Cohen, your son. I'm so playing I'm that role. That's easy. I can Just do give that. me a second to get in character, mate, because as you know, from the films such as Arthur and Forgetting Mr. Marshall, I'm one of the world's best actors. Would you like some water to dampen your hair? Please, I better... <laughs> <laughs> Let me dampen the hair down, and if anyone's got a hat, I could use that as well. As you know, the secret to acting is a hat and damp hair. Yeah. So I'm me, right? Yeah. So I say to him... Do you oh, want Daddy, this from memory or do Daddy. you want to do a new one? No, we'll do it from memory and right, then okay. we'll try We'll workshop it. We'll workshop right, it. Have okay. fun. Look, that's what, have fun this is live radio. Have fun with it. Have fun with it. Don't so shriek and panic like a man with a rivulet of coffee running down his thigh. I, I said... Stay on top. Come in, shut up. Daddy, why is the, the, the angels all named after swearing? Oh, uh, they're not, you see. The mm -hmm. swear words came afterwards and they're very naughty words because they're taking the Lord's name in vain. I actually said that. You said lot of taking the Lord's name in thought, vain. Listen to me saying that. <laughs> Why are these words invested with such negative potency if they are apparently sacred? This is how I got round it. Go I said, on, because I'm in, interested in this. I said this. in the old days, people go, Oh, Jesus, I've hurt my foot, please pray for me, sort of thing. Or, yeah, oh, bad. God. Yeah. Like, like God's wounds. Yeah, like it was a positive thing. Like Jesus, help me. 
that's how I got round it. And he went, all oh, right, OK, carried on colouring him. Funny, he just went back to his colouring after that, satisfied. Brilliant bit of dadding by Matt. Perhaps a round of applause for Matt Morgan for some first-class dadding. Really, Absolutely you've only got to get through about two minutes of conversation before they give up. Right, if you so can if handle it's a big the wise, thing, you yeah. will get if you through just, it. You can sort of go, oh, well, because then in the end they look at you and just go... Okay. He is wise, this man. Or they just think, oh, they just oh, think he enough. doesn't know this. Yeah, right. I'll move on. He's floundering. Yeah. He's floundering. Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm very but it's nice watching your child in a school play. Is it? It's, yeah, because it's like they have this private life away from you. You don't know what they do at school. And then you see them and they've rehearsed this thing and they're doing it. It's quite it's sweet watching it. I am very afraid of my little child going into environments that are governed by other people's ideology instead of my brilliant one <laughs> like uh schools and that yeah but you have to just surrender them to it do you just yeah. surrender them to the other ideologies i was in monkey music the other day now monkey music is a type of thing where a baby's got to do some dancing and singing well actually though i had to do most of the dancing and singing because the baby doesn't understand the dialectic what is what is it Monkey music, there's this little monkey, he's apparently the star of the show, he's called Mr Mumbles or Nimbles or Peppercock or something like that. <laughs> and then there's the lady, she's called Matt, she's running it. We're in a church hall, there's a couple of other babies that oh, aren't right, mine. Okay. Far as we know, far as we know, a <laughs> couple of other babies there, they're, they're just there and there with their mums. I'm there with my wife, I'm wearing a jumper that, I'll be honest, was a bit itchy and I'd okay. regretted wearing it, so that's probably we'll agitating Pull back me. on the details now. Right, right. Not too far. Okay. So it's just, like, I know, there's a there's, planet. Yeah. There's humans on it they are having various relationships with each we other have something like in the tots. element of time tumble tots i think it's called so there's just different things in church halls where you go yeah. and babies dance right okay mm, yeah. i've got it yeah but they made it sound like it was some sort of theme park. this is monkey music mate and like there's the woman maz she's in charge of mumbles the monkey or whatever he's called rasputin dark cloud what, I can't what remember is he though a, a man in a suit she's a woman no the monkey no he's an actual little monkey he's not Oh, no, he's not a chimpanzee primate. He's, a, he's made of cloth and foam and buttons. He's got no guts. He's not sentient. He knows nothing. And That's yet the sort I of thing would be so disappointing when you're a child. Oh, he's a monkey. There's a monkey. Then you get there and it's a puppet. Yeah, I know, mate. Don't think I've not I'm been from my version. i about so many things like I'll that. I'll tell you something, mate. When that woman at school, Mrs Oxley, when I was five, told me that we had crayons encased in wood and they were colouring pencils, I'm going to push one of them through her pancreas. <laughs> that is a colouring pencil. That's not a crayon encased in wood. A crayon encased in wood sounds well, like an armoured so crayon. She... From another dimension. Like a Viking's crayon. She like Thor's it. crayon. Wait. Why did she hype them up before she goes, now, crayons <laughs> encased in wood? I suppose what Mrs Oxley must have thought is that some members of the congregation were not paying proper attention, but were distracted by poems and ethereal realms and the transcendent. So she probably had to big things up by saying, here comes some crayons encased in wood, guys. This is going to knock your socks off. As if she was introducing the bloody Beatles. Well, when it just came and it was I go, pencils, I thought, never again will I trust any of society's institutions unless they align perfectly with my innermost transcendent connections. And Did I stay true to that. Was she like saying it and then she got them out? Or was it like, in a few weeks, there's a delivery? There's a build-up over a few weeks, like a countdown. Aww. There's a thermometer like on Blue Peter, 
going up and up and up. And then, like, you know, there were sort of interviews with people that had met the colouring pencils <laughs> being broadcast on big screens in the playground. Then eventually, when the colouring pencils came out, like, trotted out, like, one direction, like, all through, like, a haze of smoke or stars in your eyes or whatever, then uh, I was a bit let down. Oh. Now, Mumbles the Monkey, or Rasputin, or Gypsy Boy, or whatever he's called, it was a very different thing. Although he's just made of cloth, he's very much the centre of the narrative at Monkey Music. Where is Mumbles the Monkey? Is he up on that piano? I could see him before the song had even started, to be honest, mate. Right. He was clearly on the piano. There was another one that's an angel on a tree. Like, that's there as well. And we all have to join in in singing, and there's snow and there's blankets. It was Christmas-themed, and she'd put Mumbles the Monkey in an outfit that I don't think was designed for him. If I'm honest, I think it's probably a Build-A-Bear. It's probably a Build-A-Bear outfit on Mumbles the Monkey. Were you sort of there and looking at things like the way you, you perceive religions? That's right. Yep, I was what, saying... What do, they, what do they want us to believe about the monkey? <laughs> Who is you this Mumbles the monkey? Will he come again? Get jokes! <laughs> Doing a big intake of breath. Oh, Mumbles the monkey! He is an avatar of the simian monkey spirit, the primal mind, the trickster, the mischief maker. Don't fall asleep, young lady, while I'm doing one of my most brilliant rants. There's a privileged audience of 28 people here to sip at the nectar of old Russ, one of the prophets of our age. They're literally dozing off in the aisles. It looks like a disaster relief campaign. People have got sleeping bags. People are sleeping in the aisles, drinking Baxter's soup direct from the tin, cold. Ah. No. There's going to be an advert in a minute. <laughs> but after that, we are going to explore some pretty deep themes about simian nature. Matt Morgan and I will be talking about bad dad. In, in half an hour, we've got Brian Cox, one of the bestest scientists that ever God breathed life into. And I believe that God, that is how breath gets into Let's have some good questions for him. People think of questions. No, don't. I'll, I'll do the interview. You mustn't worry. I no, know we exactly. need questions. I know how to handle old coxie, mate. Don't worry about that. I know a lot about science and all that. I remember science. Bunsen burners. Put on the gas tap. Light it up. Pipettes. That stick thing. I've got it all That's covered. That's chemistry for a start. Either He's a physicist. Way, either way. Don't get bogged down in details, Brian. That's what I'll say to you if he starts with all that. Just a vague idea. Some mist, some planets. Anyway... <laughs> Now it's time for something that's rather important to me. This is something I discovered in a little cave in Wales. I spoke to a druid man. He lifted up his frock. Why wouldn't he? And under there was a little guy called Bradley Adver. <laughs> and this is what he said. Russell Brand. Radio X. You are listening to Russell Brand on Radio X. That was Portugal with a song that they call The Man, which I understand. What? No, hold on. That was The Man with a song... No, wait a second. Portugal, the man. The song's called Feel It Still. Portugal, the man, and the song we just don't know. We'll never know what the song was called. It doesn't matter. I'll tell you what, those lads, or women, or whatever they are, they've done a bloody good job on making a record there, and I say hats off to them. Now, this is the last hour of the show. We've got Brian Cox coming up. We've got a live audience. If you want to join us on Facebook Live and see what I actually look like while moving about, you can. There are cameras trained on my face now by young professionals called Josh and Zoe. As far as we know, they're not in love, but if they were, would we care, Matt? What business is it of ours how people conduct themselves in their own life? It's our intimate business because we're trying to establish a kind of religious state. No, we ain't. Now, we've got some messages here. This one's from Susie Applin. She loves us. She loves us while she's wrapping presents. 
Susie Aplin, who's... We know her. We know her very well, Susie Aplin. She's a great producer. She's produced shows like TFI Friday, Jonathan Ross Show, some of our shows. That poor woman, <laughs> what she's been through <laughs> over the years. Can you what imagine the stress? she produce with us? She, she produced Russell Brand's Got Issues, where Matt oh, Morgan no. played something like Leonard Zod, General Zod's nephew, and stood nervously on a set, not knowing what he was doing, <laughs> like everybody else involved in the show. Russell Brand's Got Issues. Have a look at that on the internet if you want something to do with your life. Or, if you'd like to learn something from the internet, just look at something else. Almost anything no, else. I wouldn't bother to watch that. It Don't was, look at the internet. It was a travesty. Even. What's the point? Bloody thing. Can you trust it? Probably no, I mean, our, that show that we I get you. Not the internet. Here's a message from Noel Gallagher, friend at Don't Trust the Internet. Gotcha. Uh, this is uh, an e or you have a look at us on Facebook Live, which I believe comes via the internet. Does it matter? I don't it know the details. A little bit. Invented in Silicon Valley by a very clever young man about 10 years ago, isn't it? Unbelievable the way that technology is moving, all these new institutions just acquiring minds. Acquiring minds. Message here from Noel Gallagher, friend of the show. Russell, I've never said this to you before, but I love you. Not necessarily in a gay way, but actually a little bit gay now that I think about it these feelings they're flooding through me in fact that song holy mountains about the feelings i have from you for you sorry i mistyped that should have just gone back and deleted it but you know i was in the flow i couldn't help myself oh that's very touching no <laughs> very very i'm uh, very moved by that very good where mr. is no he was meant to be here mr g summarizing that we just don't know sadly is we don't Tory? know where no, noel gallagher Tory. is uh, a common problem these days he could be anywhere couldn't he he could be in a badger set, just sort of mixing it up a little bit. He could be in a bird's nest. But what I guess is, is that he's around twigs. <laughs> this is from Reagan Ward. Matt had a traumatic experience with the monkey. I bet he was happy to see puppets mm. after that. Matt, did you have a traumatic experience with the monkey? Yes, very traumatic. What was it? I've told I you this millions this. of times. I watched two monkeys kill a bird. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Sunday morning version. Right. And Not a person, a bird. Huh? My bird. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's not a Dartford story. No. I've seen a couple of monkeys, couple of mugs, so come on. I've done my birding. Not at all. Real no, monkeys and a real bird. Real monkeys and a real bird. That's the quality of anecdotes you get from Matt Morgan, everybody. <laughs> Genuine anthropological, well, zoological well, It's too facts. violent to talk about now. It was I horrific. Know. I know, mate. I know. I don't know why people... I'm glad that I've been part of your healing. Now, this here is from Danny, who is tiling a bathroom in Glasgow. Just think oh. of some... Of, we've got some of the finest minds in Britain. There's a man in Glasgow right now tiling. Tiling's hard. Tiling's difficult. I know, mate. I know about you grouting. You don't know. I know about grouting. I You've know about putting matchsticks on a thing. It's a jigsaw puzzle on a wall made of shiny squares. Grouting, tiling. All right? Right. There's little spaces now. It's made a lot easier. What do you think the matches was for? Making the little spaces. When I tile, I tile old school. I learn my tiling on the streets. <laughs> <laughs> Not like you, some lardy dog toffee nose college for bloody tiling. Oh, excuse me. Oh, where are you? At a bloody Ritz tiling school, learning about tiling with fops and dandies with lavender in our pockets. I'm out there tiling with Ice Cube. <laughs> me and Cube tiling it up, baby. Right. <laughs> We've got a letter. In reality, you went to drama school. There's a letter here, Matthew. Come on, help me get through this. Help me. <laughs> just help me get through this. Hello, old Russ. Please say hello to my daughter Scarlett, 14, who's spending her Sunday helping me build a massive wardrobe. Love the show. Oh, that is Danny. <laughs> He's tiling a bathroom in glass. He's doing a lot of DIY, isn't he, Danny? Tiling, building wardrobes. Where's the wardrobe going to lead to, though, Matt? Narnia? Some other dimension? Or will it simply remain on this realm? Have you ever done any, um... 
Physical labour? Yeah. I'm knackered from describing it. <laughs> <laughs> but to have a sit down, I feel like I'm going to have a bloody asthma attack. <laughs> What's wrong with the old lungs, Matt? What's wrong with the old lungs? The emphysemia. The emphysemia closing in on me. All the years of crack. Don't do drugs. Drugs are bad. It's bad. It's impact on the old lungs, yo. Oh, me emphysemia. Oh, me emphysemia. Do I have yeah, a little yeah. rest while I do some... Yeah, do some. <laughs> and now it's time for Nansense. An item with Matt Morgan. Now, if you're the person that's in charge of musical beds, why don't you play the gallery music up there? These are Because we're in a different room. You can, if you oh, look so on Facebook Live... We won't, we present here won't hear the musical bed, but it will happen. And then if you could just, uh, just play it and that'd be fine. Now, uh, listeners, thank you. Keep your emails flooding in. Russell at radiox.co.uk or you can text us 83936 or you can tweet me. Uh, as uh, many people have done. ADHD. Oh, no, no, I'm not getting into that. No, we will. We'll solve that in a minute. But first, Nonsense with Matt. Right. Hello. <laughs> I can't remember how I used to start it. Oh, hello. That was it. Yeah, right, you're let fishing, me start again. You're fishing by a river. Oh, hello. And welcome to Nansense. Shut up. <laughs> oh, that's not right. very nice name. Kill the, you can kill the bed now. Right. This is from Osh in St Albans, right? This is some great-grandmother stuff. My great-grandmother, well, literally, was a Scot through and through. She was born on the craggy coast of Rascarrel. Must have hurt. <laughs> Where winter swimming and freezing walks in the country are part of a common health ritual. Very good joke there, Russell. Thank she you. moved Thank to you. Hertfordshire to start a family. Eventually I was born. When I was growing up, blah, blah, blah. Don't blah, right. blah, blah, Nancy. I'm doing Matt. that for the audience. Right. When asked what she'd been doing up the garden... She said, oh, just catching up on my nettle stings, dear. Regularly stinging yourself with nettles improves your immune system. Sounds crazy, but she lived until she was 106 and died peacefully in her sleep. Love of you. stinging nettle wounds. <laughs> I mean, no, it, possibly it could work as a technology. That's that. People sting themselves with bees. We spoke to that woman once, didn't we? Yeah, she was mad, wasn't she? We she was. Found mad, out. But, like, I loved her, I loved her. But like, they do say that if you eat honey from a particular region, you become immune to all the diseases of the Lord. That's not true. <laughs> 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 no, I believe that. Let me just check so that. to do with hay fever, isn't it? Yeah, all the diseases of the Lord, inc including hay fever. Well done, Matt. That's very good. Go on, have you got more, more? Yeah, knowledge? listen to this one. I don't know if I can say... Can I say this? Have these been vetted to be... No. Yeah. Is it, okay. Change the pronunciation to ass. That's one of the techniques I okay. will teach you, okay? All right. Professional um, broadcaster. This may not be Nan knowledge, but it's definitely Nan sense. My dearly departed Irish Nan had 12 children. She was very maternal with the boys, but had love-hate oh, yeah. relationships with her daughters. Curious. Towards the end of her life, she suffered from dementia, dementia. right? Her memory would fade in and out. Mm. So there wasn't a lot of coherent conversation, but when it did I know happen, how she feels. it was brutal. <laughs> my mother smoked her entire adult life, much to the annoyance of my Nan. During one moment of clarity, she turned to my mother and said, it looks like a pencil poking out of a pig's ass. Good pronunciation, disgusting story. Don't know how you're passing on like this man's knowledge. That's a good bit of A pencil poking out of a pig's ass. Yeah. Well, I think it's very cruel. <laughs> very cruel to do that to a I pig. I like those things. That nans say things like that. The nans are absolutely great. There's not a day goes by. Now, here's can an I, email. Can we have a little a sub thing of nan mm. insults? I'd love to know. I'd love to know some nan insults. Nan please. insults. Insults that you've been given by your nan. Try to not let them be racist, because as we know, two generations ago, nans were generally quite racist. That was their culture back then. Thankfully, we've moved on. Now, here's an email from someone called Stefan. Yo, Russell. Good. Classy. Cool. This is a new item called Makes Me Look Good. Just finished recovery. What a brilliant book and an ideal Christmas present for young and old that would make says Stefan and I wanted to say thank you 
You're truly an inspiring human being. Thanks, Stefan. Look, you can look if you want. It does say all these things, except for the promo. Anyway, I'm just a 29-year-old refugee from the former Yugoslavia living in Sweden. Aren't we all, dear? Aren't we all just a 29-year-old refugee from former Yugoslavia living in Sweden, deep down, when it comes to it? Look at yourself in the mirror. Who are you? You're a former refugee from Yugoslavia living in Sweden. Your movies, yep, podcasts, oh yeah, and books have given me comfort and joy and hope. Literally, they're Christmas messages, aren't they? Good tidings of comfort, joy Where's and hope. Leading? Comfort and Is joy. It's leading to me looking good. I truly hope this reaches you and that you give yourself some cred for doing an awesome job at standing up for so many important things in the world that's going to a bad place. Keep on inspiring people and maybe one day we'll be able to change the economic, political system and maybe even worldview of enough people to create a society that this planet and humanity deserve. Well done, Russell. Lots of love, Stefan. P.S. Matt Morgan is a liability, a dead weight. I say, kick him to the curb, baby. Oh, well, well lovely. You, you can't read things like just blind praise. Well, I told you that the item was called blind praise. An item where I come out looking rather nice. Well, look, sure don't you think it's nice to have someone from Yugoslavia, a refugee, well, living in yeah. Sweden? Come on, mate. It's like, it just shows you. Some people are in Glasgow doing some tiling. Some people in Yugoslavia doing some praising. What a complex and beautiful world we're living in. And some people are trapped in here. You should have seen the rush for the doors when the toilet visit was offered. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It was they like Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. They shot out. I don't mean Charlie in the Chocolate Factory in the toilet. No. I mean, it was like, it was like the Rush for golden tea. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been in my chocolate factory having a little look round. I've got all sorts of gems in there. I'm the dirty old yak man. Join me by my bonfire where I burn your dreams. I'm the yak man. Matt, did you actually bring photographs of yourself <laughs> coming out of what looks like sewage to shine <laughs> for people here? Yes, I did. I was asked, look, I keep getting asked to sign photos. Obviously. Who's asking? People. Look, half of these people wanted Matt, one. I've told you about this poor gaggle of sods. Look at them. Look into their cold, dead eyes. There's not a single person here who knows where they are. This is basically caring the community we're doing now. I'll be teaching them life skills after this. As soon as the show finishes, I'm going to teach each and every person here to boil an egg. And I think it's going to be a bloody struggle. If they can get on a bus without causing the scene, it'll be a miracle. Look at them. Poor saps, poor beautiful, glorious fools. Here we are on the edge lands, the very edge of sanity. Don't bend my photos as you're making a point. I I'll pay for them. How much are they? <laughs> Two fifty? What are they? A pound? Pound fifty? No, actually, three pounds. Forty-two p each. Forty-two p each. You went to Snappy Snaps or whatever <laughs> vile equivalent there is of that in Dartford. <laughs> some sort of ghastly backwater photo. It was place. on. It's an online Snappy Snaps. <laughs> Stop saying Snappy Snaps. You're anyway, on. Snappy Snaps, a fine, reliable. Outlet. This show is brought to you by Snappy Snaps. And, uh, and another note, don't drink Adagio teas. <laughs> Dirty, stinking, vile stuff. So you bought photographs of yourself here, did you, mate? Yes. To popular demand. There's one here. Just what do you do, Rachel on it. I know, because I spelled Rachel it. wrong. Rachel. It's just a photograph that says Rachel. It's like you're calling the photograph <laughs> Rachel. What's this? Rachel the photograph. If there's anyone here who spells Rachel like the that, cast you of can friends. Have that. Oh, here's Rachel the photograph. It's with Ross the photograph. What is this? It's like Matt Morgan's Sylvanian families, only from Tommy. Russell, Coming up, we'll be why does someone ask you for a signed photo? I salute their taste. Yeah, but where do, you, where do you get them from? 
Oh, right. I don't know. There's an infrastructure. Well, there you go. I don't have an infrastructure. <laughs> I'm not surprised, dear. I've I seen made the photos. Them on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> You're very lucky the internet participated. No, I look I'm all right. I'm surprised the internet wasn't sick in its own mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised the internet's cheeks didn't fill up with a soupy substance. Oh, oh there you go. No. That's disgusting. No, I'll tell you what, mate. You want to roll around? You want a little roll around? You're listening to Russell Brand on Radio X. You can text me, 83936. You can email me, russell at radiox.co.uk. Or you can use many social media outlets. In fact, you could watch this on. On Facebook Live, you probably won't believe your own eyes. What is happening now? Brian Cox will be in here, but now it's time for me to review the week's cultural events. Strictly Come Dancing final, that was good, but it's always a bit anticlimactic, the ending, isn't it? Because, uh, you know, there's been a great pyramid of glory fueled by sexual energy, and then it just ends with someone winning a dancing competition. Ah, there. That's my review. What do you think? What is going on in your life that you're into board games, Strictly Come Dancing... <laughs> Uh, what am I like? Some sort of old uncle? What am I like? A nan? This, What's happening to me, man? That is sort of a bit. And the crown. I love the crown. I'm like elderly, aren't I? I'm yeah. like a frail elderly aunt, aren't I? It's like my bones are just pure chalk. I'm like, I'm like one of those cuttlefish in a parrot's cage, just pecked at, just to file down a budgie. So, like in the day when, in like before the finals or the finals that night, were you mm. thinking, oh, strictly final tonight? <laughs> oh, strictly big night tonight, right? Let's get all my stuff lined up, my special drinks, nanny's special sweets, my tunes, my lockets, my halls. You can never have enough throat sweets, darling. Don't if you take care of the larynx, the larynx will take care of you, sweetheart. And then do you get into it when you're watching it, like yeah. you're watching football? Very much. Oh no! Oh, offside, referee, man on, man on. That was a bloody good waltz. Yeah. Yeah, you, I'm really interested in this. What do you do when you're watching it? Right, I'm sat there. As you can imagine, shut up. As you can imagine, I look very handsome. My locks tumbling down my hair, like a portrait of Charles I, who I believe was later beheaded. I'm watching Strictly Come Dancing. I'm enjoying it very much. I'm commenting on the subplots and subtext. All of life's glory is there. So it, whom are you commenting? Just no one. Now, <laughs> the wife, she's gone out. She says she can't take the stress. <laughs> Too much, she said. This is, I didn't agree to this, she says. The door slams shut. Now I'm alone with my lockets, as nature intended. Why bother sucking the whole way through the locket? Crack it with your elbow, suck that honey straight out. But make sure it's local, honey, because otherwise the hay fever could do you in. Now, I'm looking at what subplots are existing in Strictly Come Dancing. Which character represents what? Is it all fueled by carnal energy? Answer, yes, because what is dance? It is a sexual ritual. Oh God, you say this every day. Every day, about this time, I say dance is a sexual He's ritual. He's phoned me up before and gone, Dance. Oh, do you know Strictly? <laughs> do you want to hear my theory about it? And I'm trying to change a nappy, going, uh, Yeah, all right. And then he says that. Was that your own nappy you changed in that time? <laughs> actually, yeah. so it was very near your own mid. Oh, I have to explain why I've been spotted in a nappy. Right, after these adverts, Matt Morgan will be explaining, as if such a thing were possible, why he's been spotted in a nappy, when we all know there's no excuse for an adult wearing a nappy, unless you yourself require one. Now, it's going to be a little advert that's going to really change the way you feel about yourself and your life, and after that, there's going to be an actual professor in here, and I don't want any of you lot letting me down. I don't want you showing me up, because we are going to interview him like it's 1999. But before that, Brad Burp. Russell Brand. Radio. You are listening to Russell Brand on Radio X and what a show it's been. It's been live and so far we've done nothing to disappoint the people that have allowed us to be on the radio with only a 10 second delay. 
with 10 seconds ago, this is what was happening, and look around you, that's what's happening now. <laughs> if you want to uh, talk to us, it's at Radio X, or you can text 83936. Possibly you'll text us some questions for Professor Brian Cox, because I've just been out there and, and met him. He's very excited about coming on. Fair to say, foaming at the gas. Well, I heard your uh, I heard your intro as I ran to the toilet. Go on, what did you... Tell me what you thought. This Tell show is basically frivolous and stupid. That's what he said. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I goes, and under the skin, the bar really which we'll be doing afterwards, I said to him, that is, I goes, it's probably still frivolous and stupid, but there is a pretense of high-mindedness. Ah, so he's doing under the... What is it called again? Under my skin, under my with skin. Russell Brand. Under the skin, yeah. Coxie's going to be doing that now. Oh, so this he? one, that's why in this one we can be we can have a bit of fun. Now I do oh, want to okay. ask him some intelligent questions. I do want to get under the skin. I do want to get to the very depths of things. Well, I want did to you see hear what's the, below the, the surface? The US. There was a story just before we went on. What was it? They've admitted they were searching for aliens or something. UFO budget was fifteen billion. Was it? Was it? I mean, I don't know the facts. Not clearly. enough. Keep looking. I say the truth's out there. Mm -hmm. should, and there's something about a black hole down there. There's a black in, hole in down the, there. In the I news knew stories. it. I bloody knew it. Oh, Matt, Matt in a nappy. Someone's right. Okay. Aside. No, look. I'm going to get all my questions for Brian Cox from the Daily Mail. <laughs> like stuff like this. Like, I've got a copy of the Daily Mail here. I'm going to say stuff like uh, now. Now, listen, Brian. I shall say. Um, oh, that's too depressing. TV's great egg race. Heinz Wolf dies. Ah, oh, that's what you said earlier. I won't bring that up. That's sad and commiserations to his family and loved ones. Don't snaffle the Queen's posh mints, Megan. And yes, that boar's head is for your dinner. Dumb Majesty, your late father and I would throw many a banquet, uh, but midway through those banquets we would march out from the table, the table which had been concealing our waist-down nudity up to that point. We would scamper like crabs into a clearing in the woods, our lobster claw feet pouring at the soil, and once there into a clearing, spotting perhaps a lowly cur or other creature of the Lord, we would grip it by its shoulders, flip it so its underneath was exposed to the shimmering moon, and then, Majesty, and only then, would your father produce from his pyjama pocket a vanity case, and within that vanity case there was an emery board, and he would take that emery board and file at the cur's appendage first very quickly, then slowly, till there was a flat edge with a network of cells exposed, a cross-section like a honeycomb, and many of those cells were wet, wet with larvae, and others seemingly empty, but a teardrop of gloop quivering within them. Ah, majesty, such is the history of the British monarchy. I don't want any of that rubbish around Brian Cox. <laughs> well done on keeping that clean. Did well, didn't I, there? Yes, very good. That was in honour of Meghan Merkel's, one of our best new royals. As you know, I love a royal, they're the best. Now, what's this? You held up something there? Was it important? I'm a nappy story. Well, I just want to explain why I was Time now nappy. for a story starring Matt Morgan, in which, for some reason, and we all know there's no possible reason why this is plausible or acceptable, is wearing a nappy. Matt, it's over well, to you. Have you seen this? No, I haven't, mate. What's going on? Why are you wearing a nappy? Well, I'm wearing a baby grow in that one. Why are you doing this? Uh, there was a... This is not funny, but there was a... No, I can see it's not. It's disturbing. <laughs> it's macabre. Well, it's it's, it backfired a bit because everyone was freaked out by it, but I thought it was funny. You it was a failed set. comedy pilot thing that I was involved in at one point. Called what? Didn't have a name. It never got that far. 
Well, All that actually one. happened was I went round a woman's house and had an adult baby service. Well, that's we know that's a road we've been down before, Matt, and it never well, ends no. well, does it? No, we've both tried that. And Why do we keep going round women's houses <laughs> and having adult baby services, claiming it's in the name of entertainment, and never it's a single show commissioned off the back of it? All that happens is you and I get beaten to a pulp in nappies and have some conflicted feelings. No, but it was a very different home. experience to your one. Why? Because it wasn't violent or anything like that. It was actually. It's nurturing? really non-sexual. It's nurturing. You go there. My one was nurturing. I had a bath, nappy change, everything. Did you, darling? Yes. Did you like it? I didn't mind it. Of course you didn't, because there's nothing nicer than a little bit of nurture, is there? And if you have to pop on a nappy for that, why not? <laughs> what a perfect way to segue into one of Britain's <laughs> finest minds. It's Professor Brian Cox, everyone. Please welcome him. <laughs> Brian, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome, Pleasure. welcome to the show. Let me lay that down. You shouldn't be encumbered by that. Let's get what, out of your way. Why do you have a photograph of a very muscular man on your uh, well, music stand? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, or is it you? It's That's actually oh. Matt Morgan, and it's been photoshopped for a while to achieve that effect, Professor Cox. <laughs> uh, Matt Morgan's rather a bloated individual, and he's been, what he's been, I'm joking, who cares about that? Uh, but he's been <laughs> handing these photographs maliciously out to members of the audience, whether they is ask it? for them or not. It's an impressive physique. Well, he you. is actually... I've, it's gone down since then. <laughs> After I achieved that, He's talking about the physique generally. Uh, <laughs> those of you at home listening on the wireless, you can't see some of the images, but let me tell you, there's nothing priapic about it. Professor, you are the best guest we've ever had. I think it's safe to say, and that's not saying much because it's been the scum of the earth up till now. It's absolute scumbags. How long have you been doing the show? Many years. Too <laughs> long. <laughs> too, too, well. too long. Thank you for coming on here and uh, popularising physics for us because many people here are just absolutely baffled as to what's going on and how things are being held together and it's about time we unravelled some of these mysteries. Electromagnetism. It's electromagnetism, I yep. thought so. That's what's holding things together. Um, Brian, what do you think is the uh, component other than your academic knowledge that has propelled you to this position of stardom high in the constellation of our culture look at that metaphor system i used it's a it, it's a good question i mean uh, uh, the serious answer is luck amongst other things good i mean luck. I, you know i mean I, I i was asked to do this show wonders of the solar system almost 10 years ago now i think actually wow. on eight or nine years ago and it was it was a big hit as a show yes and it was almost an overnight change the the, the first show was broadcast and then suddenly you know three and a half million people or something watched it and and then I got invited onto chat shows. It was really, literally, a, an overnight shift. Although I've been, I've been making horizons and things like that and Radio 4 programmes for a long time. So you'd had a lo lot of experience in broadcast, but it had stayed within uh, sort of the, the conventional parameters. But that show, uh, the popularity of it took you to... An well, another dimension. Perhaps you'll probably say it's this dimension, will you? In yeah. a physical sense, but, but just a bit, a bit of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. And, and I don't think. I mean, you yourself will know. I suppose you you, you can't really predict that, that there'll be something that changes your level of fame or, yes. or recognition. And I don't. I, you can't plan those things. I don't think they, they just happen. And it's fortunate. It's some mixture of the time and the place and the and the program itself. How was the purity of your fascination? with your subject affected by the external influences of fame and celebrity? Was it diluted or in, in any way hindered? So, so, it's a good question because I did do less research. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did end up doing less research and less, less very, very insightful, deeply insightful. Thank you, say, so. Professor. <laughs> professor. <laughs> but, um, but I still, um, I just finished actually, I still lecture at the University of Manchester. Um, 
part, mainly because I enjoy it and partly because they still employ me so I have to do something but also I think it, it keeps you connected to what you always did and teaching particularly first years which is the you know so 18 year olds that I teach um, I, I jealously guard that time and make sure that I do it every year in September October do these brilliant engineers that you are teaching bring you actually interesting questions and insights or is it merely their enthusiasm and passion for the subject that it connects no, with you it, as any teacher will say at any level you always get asked things that you can't answer there's always some new idea some new way of looking at things that comes up and that's one of the joys of of teaching at any level actually because these are you know just straight out of a level so and i teach them relativity and quantum mechanics so you might think well they don't know anything about that and i could just but but the every year someone asks something that i don't know the answer to and i have to go and learn some more is the joy of your job operating at the periphery of your own knowledge and do you ever have like mad epiphanies where you go oh my god i've just realized something really important the, the joy of all, all science, scientific research, is about standing on the border between the known and the unknown. That's what research is. And so the, you, you have to be the kind of character. <laughs> They're that. laughing at me because, uh, <laughs> Brian... I, he does I, have epiphanies. And when he has them, he goes... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the edge lands. The edge lands between the known and the unknown. Yes, and, and it's, your, it's your character as well. You, you have to be that kind of character that's comfortable with not knowing... And that, oh, I think I'm comfortable with not knowing. Richard, <laughs> Richard, Richard, know Feynman, next to Richard Feynman, great Nobel Prize winning physicist, said science is a satisfactory philosophy of ignorance, which I think mm. is a beautiful definition of it. So it's the opposite of saying, I know everything. And we all know that with politics as it is the, today. You know, the, the, it's full of people who know. And, and the sort of person who knows everything is clearly not the sort of person who should be running the country so it's a good way i always think of, of choosing who to vote for it's the, the person who's less certain is the person mm. who should get your vote but that's precisely the opposite of how the dynamics in contemporary politics work yes. like that people understandably look for certainty and we're seeing now an emergence of uh, aged tropes of ethno-nationalism emerging into a time where globalization necessarily shakes the certainty of ordinary people do you think that like physics can somehow inform people beyond the specificity of the subject and more philosophically and ideologically yes and uh, by the way i should just say when, when, when i when i came in you said this bit is the the the, the slightly lighter and silly, <laughs> silly <laughs> <bit>. <laughs> so, oh, i don't yeah. know what we're going to talk about in the podcast later <laughs> but yeah yes and actually robert oppenheimer robert oppenheimer who is the, the in some ways the father of the atomic bomb right he ran the manhattan project mm. in in the 1950s he did the wreath lectures for the bbc which um it, and he talked about what science can inform politics and society how can it inform it and it was again it was about that uncertainty about the the idea that nature forces you to hold ideas in your mind that seem mutually exclusive Ooh. so they don't fit together which is the secret or like uh, that's a, a famous uh, buddhist ideal the being able to simultaneously hold two opposing Exactly, and, and the, the example he gave in quantum mechanics, you have to think of a particle sometimes as a little point of stuff that moves around like a little billiard ball, and sometimes as a wave. And so you've got to do that. Oh, I like that. Could I ask what it was like being in D-Ream? <laughs> uh, 
It was, it was 20 years Things ago. can come true, apparently. <laughs> it's a good question. <laughs> I, no, I was actually, sorry, I'm I was actually driving, driving past the Royal Festival Hall the other day, and I remembered 1997, which is the last thing that we did when I was in the band, was the, uh, the election, of the Tony Blair election night. Thanks for we that. We went on, uh, on the <laughs> stage. No, but 1997, it was a time of great optimism. I know, and we have Noel Gallagher in here very frequently, and he uses the same excuse. We never knew, we didn't know, we were just having a bit of fun and a cup of tea. Well, I would you know, well, yeah. tell that to the children of Iraq. Yeah, but how, would, how would you have known? I mean, it was, it was years in the future, wasn't it? Yeah, but we're it not was, blaming it was a Gallagher very, for Iraq. It was, <laughs> however, it was a Palestine, very, <laughs> come on, Noel. <laughs> it was a very different time. It but, that, you know, was. so that, that was but the last thing was that, that must have been, that must be extraordinary, because that's your first interface with fame is, uh, uh, like, you know, bursting beyond its conventional boundaries is when you were scoring the ascent of uh, Tony Blair. <laughs> yeah. What I mean, before that, that, that unusual. I mean, it, was, it was just, I mean, the, the song itself was a hit in 92 or 93, I think, mm. and then Labour asked us whether we minded if they used it for that campaign. And I always tell everyone at that time, if you remember, everybody, if I, even John Major, I think, supported Labour. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. time. Everybody supported that that John change. Major could be seen singing Things Can Only Get Better <laughs> in his greying pants at his wife. <laughs> and several other women, it's later come out. That's yes, not controversial yeah, to say yeah. now. We can now say that there was a, a philanderer in number 10, a synecdoche of uh, the seat of government. That's a good name. Thank you. What's uh, word what is it? What do you mean? Image that stands for something else. Like, so when you say number 10, you know that, that me, what that represents. You don't have to say number 10 down the street where the Prime Minister operates his system of power from. Or he can't teach him things. Can do, just ask me a question. Now, we've got <laughs> some proper questions here from Professor Cox from our beloved listeners. Just wondering... <laughs> <laughs> well, well we Prof, go. you'll like this. Just wondering what happens when you die. <laughs> <laughs> and that's from little Millie May. <laughs> we had a five-year-old girl listening right. to the show earlier. I'm guessing Professor Cox will have the most educated answer. So, uh, Professor Cox, on a, li a light-hearted inquiry there, what is after death or I life? Actually, uh, I wrote about this recently, in a, and I'm not trying to plug it, in the book, the Infinite Monkey Cage book, which is my book of my radio series. And, and I claim that... that Physics, uh, as we know it today, forbids the existence of ghosts. Physics, as we know it today, forbids it. Yeah, I, I claim, in, in, and the, the, the argument is that um, if, you, if you think there's a spirit inside you that's going to last uh, after you die, then that spirit, that, that thing, has to interact with the matter of your body. It's presumed that if I move my hand around now, it's presumably the thing that's telling my hand to move about. But we know how matter interacts very precisely and we see no evidence at all of any kind of extra force or extra kind of substance or thing that interacts with matter this is what we do the, the large hadron collider at cern is an experiment that tries to understand how matter interacts we know how so, matter interacts with consciousness the experience well we it has to be it, it it has to be something that makes matter move right that that's what it, if you postulate something a spirit consciousness some, some some other ethereal thing that make that makes your body move it has to interact with it and because yes. it has to interact with it that means that whatever it is has to fit in with the theories that we have about it matter. It has to have so an it's very difficult. like you and said, that science yeah. exists with, with the known and the unknown, so presumably at this periphery, consciousness and matter have to have some relationship, presumably some sort of electromagnetic relationship. Well, exactly, but so it has to be something that interacts with the physical world. Yes. And so that, that, then it's, you, you're quite narrow in the things you can invent 
to interact with the physical world because we spend a lot of time measuring how the physical world works. And it is this act of measuring which ultimately, ultimately must travel through the five apertures of the senses precisely which limits our ability to see things which may exist yeah. so, so let's beyond say, let's say, go, let's say spirit, a ghost, right? Well, well, go, yeah, you but can these are straw it. men, aren't they? These are straw spirits and ghosts, that's all oh, no, fluffy but if, No, but if you think, if a ghost is something that you can see, right? If, if you, it's something that floats, if, if it's that kind of ghost, the thing that floats in your room at night or something. Well, if, it, if like you can see Scooby it, a Scooby-Doo ghost. <laughs> but if you can see it, then it means that it interacts with photons, which are particles of light. Unless it's existing somehow in the consciousness and bypassing, bypassing the, the, the <laughs> sensorial realm, because all sensorial information has to be well, reconditioned that, and recreated in the consciousness at some point. Well, that would be an explanation of why no, no, two people never see one. But it, if, if only one person sees it, then you could make that argument, I suppose. That this it's is going to be a good under the skin. This is going to be a good under the skin. It's already tension. Have, have we gone, off, have we gone <laughs> off way off track on this? I know, because well, we well, wanted to talk about Scooby-Doo, Dream. Hold on, let's see. Right, we're gonna, uh, when we come back, Brian, we're going to have some questions such as, what's the most beautiful poetic concept in the understanding of the universe? No, because it's the adverts. And after the oh, adverts, you can have the questions. Now, we're, what we're going to do is keep it a little bit lighter, because under the skin is very much built on the relationship between science <laughs> With and uh, spirituality. Told, you told me before that frivolous. don't do that. Be frivolous. And I've come in and started talking about you've both, God, you've both death, gone quite ghosts. Serious. Yeah, we've gone a bit serious. Right, after this, Brian, we're going to look this much more. This is 1992. You're writing things <laughs> can only get better. At this point, Tony Blair is a puckish, joyful character <laughs> who, who we can't envisage at any point bombing kids. Let's have some adverts. <laughs> Hey, that's just words happening now, oh, describing events. Russell Brand Radio. Yes, you are listening to Russell Brand on Radio X. Now, momentarily, what happened is things got a little bit heavy because there was a professor in the room and I got excited, but now we are going to lower the tone. We're going to make things a lot lighter as we come to our final link and we've got some light-hearted questions for Professor Brian Cox. Matthew Morgan, have you got, oh, a, got a, a, question. a light-hearted yeah. question? You know they keep finding planets that are sort of Earth-like, so the NASA have found enough planets that could support yeah. human beings. Would you go, if there was like a mission to go there and to sort of re start again, right? <laughs> Heavy, don't make it no, Armageddon, no, no, no. light hearted. No, not Pop there for holiday, holiday. Yes, I got asked. Sky Sky would, would you be interested in going? Would you be interested in going? I got asked that a while ago, and I said I'll go when the first very good, very good hotel has been constructed there. Because <laughs> right, okay. I, I, it will be the case that the first people to go to Mars or the first people to go to one of these planets, it will be horrendous. Frontier living, you'll have to build doomed. everything yourself. Be, so They're so all I'm, doomed. I'm going to go when they built a Mandarin Oriental or something along <laughs> those lines. Otherwise, it'll be full of space ghosts and we all hate those yeah. don't we guys physically impossible anyway, no, no, no. no but it's <laughs> so bright no one can hear you scream the ghosts all love it up there and are there any other light-hearted <laughs> light-hearted questions yeah thank you brilliant light-hearted answer any questions here of a light-hearted look at these this ragtag scruff bag bunch not a single question amongst them we had no, a no, there is well. oh sorry what do you want for christmas what do you want for christmas i um I don't... Not from me, just in general. Yeah, I was going to say, thank you. Like Sarcastic. <laughs> we get Professor in here, and you show us up with sarcasm. I, I actually don't know. 
You've lowered know. the tone too much there. <laughs> is what you've done. <laughs> Matt, Matt pitched it quite well. I've yeah. got one. I've got one. Yeah. Quiet you lot, please. You're only allowed to participate in a limited capacity to lighten the mood when required. It's been lightened now sufficiently. <laughs> we had a uh, we had a flat earther in here, and he said like a. Uh, he said, the earth's flat and there's a dome over it. Now, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson says that when he's arguing with someone, he says that if he's, he asks them, if there, is there anything I could say to you that would change your perspective? And if they say no, he don't bother arguing anymore. <laughs> like if you went evidence, photographs from space, mathematical theories, he don't bother. Now, what do you think about flat earthers? Why would a theory of that nature emerge at this time? I, I have absolutely no idea because it, it is... It is a ridiculous idea. There's no doubt about it. It's complete nonsense. So, so I think you can't really understand it. You can't, you can't say why would somebody think the Earth is flat. It must, it's a deeper issue. that they. Right. There's something else going on in their it mind. It can't just be because it looks flat. It looks flat well, when you walk on it. It doesn't, though, because, uh, honestly, my, my eight-year-old, I don't know why he started talking about this the other day, but he said, why don't they watch a ship sail over the horizon? And you go, yeah, that's an eight-year-old. <laughs> Just told you the answer. Watch a ship sail. You'll see, you'll see it go, and you'll, you'll see the mast go slowly and slowly, and it goes away. Mm. That's all you have to do. You don't have to do anything else. That'd that be was, the end uh, of it. You know, that was an unprompted suggestion about From what an they might do to disabuse themselves of the ridiculous notion. That, and the, the thing is, though, they accept that planets around are spherical because obviously you can oh, see you that see through them. a telescope. So, so they accept the moon is, is spherical, they accept that Mars and Jupiter and all those things you can see, but they think the Earth is different. Maybe they it's, think it's, that it's Jupiter bizarre. is like an emoji, like it looks round but it's actually flat behind it. Like yeah. a hamburger. I think it might just be uh, trolling, actually. I, I, I don't ac accept that there's anyone who, who, actually who actually believes it. I think they're just having well, fun or trying to make it. Professor, they do, because we had one on the show, and we, we were sort of going, no, come on, mate, do you really? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I do. I'm really into it, and I actually believe it. And the only bit I quite liked was that it would be like a snow dome, and that I enjoyed as an image. Living in a snow dome seemed to me like something... Yeah, but here's was that the, the planets and stuff are projection. It's all fake, and it's all like a Are we living a in set. a laboratory conditions? Yeah, that's, that was, like Truman Show. Yeah, so they get around any sort of scientific... Um, argument this, by this just thing, saying it's a projection or because most conspiracies you can kind of understand what what's going on so you might think there's a government conspiracy and who killed kennedy and all those things and you can see how you can build some sort of construct in your mind that someone would benefit mm. from this conspiracy uh, yeah, yeah. what what is the point <laughs> of, 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 of everybody pretending that the earth is spherical when it <laughs> who wins we convince them that it's spherical but really it's nice and nice and flat ka-ching ka-ching <laughs> we're quitting yeah you're right Benefits. We did ask him that. We said, "Who are the what? Which people benefit from that?" And he said, "Oh, it's like because of the ideological." Like he says, "Like if everything." I don't. He actually, I don't want satisfied with his answer. Just <laughs> thinking just about didn't it now, understand it. He couldn't. Yeah, it like, who's the who's making money out of an apparently flat Earth conspiracy? Ask another question, Matt. Is it what's the tone of it first? Because the last one was very Does good. It was the right tone. Can like the double slit experiment? Oh no, not double <laughs> slits, mate. Not why? double slits. <laughs> We're not doing double slits. Can you do no, it in no, a light-hearted no, way? I can do it. This is what... This is what right, Brian can do it light-hearted. Light-hearted double slits. Explain what it is for an idiot. <laughs> if, if Oi! I'm still here, you know. <laughs> can, if you imagine in your mind's eye uh, a, a sort of a, a big piece of cardboard with two slits cut through it. And imagine, imagine what... <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you imagining? <laughs> Just a bit of cardboard, Brian. And is it the cardboard or the slits? <laughs> Both together! <laughs> Saucy! Let him do his oh! job. <laughs> and imagine a, a water wave going through. 
Ya. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then, then you, you can imagine these little sort of wave fronts of the water going through these things, and you get like a, a wavy pattern. If, if you look at some point past the slits, you see a wavy pattern. Um, well, you see that with single particles. If you fire them at a pair of slits, you see a wavy pattern on the other side. So if you just think of it, if you think of a pattern. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what's in your head. <laughs> we, we all do, pattern. really. It's all under very skin, worrying. We'll do all that in under the skin. We'll go right into but, the depths of the mind. So, so the, the point is that it shows you that particles don't behave like little grains of dust. They, when, when, you, when you look at how they behave, they, be, they behave sometimes like little grains of dust. Like they, they hit things and, and, and they're always somewhere. You look for them, you say, where are you? They're always somewhere, like a little point of stuff. But they behave a bit like a wave, which is an is extended it, thing. Is it true that they... If they know when they're being watched, and so they perform differently when when someone's observing no, them. No, I think probably not. I think that that's a an old interpretation of the theory. But it, but it is the point is that matter at the smallest level, the stuff out of which we are made, does not behave in the way that we might think. It doesn't behave as little pieces of stuff. It behaves... If you, if you um, put a, a single particle in this room now, and sit in the room, that, and you say, where is it? Then it can be anywhere in the room. So it's an extended... Object. But we'll find it. We'll find that particle, whether it's a, whatever it is, whatever it tries to mask itself as, a wave or a little speck of dust, we will track it down. The laws of reality fluctuating, but time, it seems, must be obeyed. Professor Brian Cox, we now have to conclude It, it wasn't program. sufficiently light-hearted, so we're throwing no, you No, too, too, too heavy, that. It's too heavy. You failed... You're no, that was brilliant. Actually, it's just that the show's got to end. And Mr. G here is the poet laureate of the show. He summarises everything using poetry, which he uses in uh, thanks to Kronos, the Greek god who came, kind of gave us the time uh, framework. He does it in time with poems and rhymes. Ladies and gentlemen, live on the mic, it's Mr. G, everyone. Woo! Okay, this poem's called From Orion's Belt. We three kings of radio are... Lost in space on an asteroid cigar, with simian stories of Thumbo's opposing glory to a Wilhelm scream from a coffee-stained car. A show of wonder, a show of delight, how of Mr. Gams foaming with croutons inside. <laughs> Strictly dancing the absurd, retiling what just occurred, lest our angelic words be confused with a curse. A supermassive show, covering the stellar to the intermediate. From the nappy to the nan to all the particles in between, we give peace and blessings broadcasted to the fullest of stars, coming from We Free Kings of Radio XR. <laughs> He did it all on the mic. Not a single error. Not a single mistake. Summarising all of the show's content. How can he do it? Is he a wave? Is he a particle? Is he even a man? On those rare occasions where Mr G comes in here, aside from helping people in prisons and Grenfell and whatnot, you glorious philanthropist, you elevate the content of this show to be worthy of a professor, not just a, a few cretins <laughs> scrambling about, exchanging language like pennies in a playground. Okay, so the show's nearly over. Have you enjoyed it, live audience? Those of you at home, have you enjoyed it? Shout now in your car. Shout at your parents. Shout at your captors. Free yourself. Free yourselves from the chains in your mind. Find some fusion between science and spirituality. Discard the old ideologies. Find within yourself great glory at this seasonal time. Professor Brian Cox, you've been an amazing guest. You really navigated the uh, realms of seriousness to frivolity rather well, I thought. <laughs> I hope so. Well, Thank you. I mean, oh, you yeah. did. A, you explained the double slit theory, which many of us were very amused by. <laughs> Matt was a bit childish, I thought, during that particular I'm section. Find 
out what was in your head when we do the podcast later. It will all be projected onto a screen of reality here in the external realm, and the object and the subject will be as one. Ah, finally truth. Finally truth arrives. Matt, have you got anything to add to this fiasco? No, I'm very... I've noticed that. I've, I've enjoyed... What? <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. I've enjoyed the live element. I think it's all right. It's been brilliant. I love doing it live. I love doing it with an audience. I want to say thank you to Adagio Tees for persevering. In spite of the low quality of the beverage, filthy, stinking juice, s Satan's acrid fumes distilled gonna, into a look, tea bag. That's her job. You're going to get her sacked. How can we? She can't be sacked. Can fat you be sacked? She'll be all right. She'll can just start another corporation, ransacking okay. the poor to she make a few quid. She needs a picture with us. We need to endorse it. Boo, Adagio teas. Boo to Adagio teas. You here in the audience, have you enjoyed it very much? Yeah, well, I'm very glad that you did. Now, we're going to, uh, due to the nature of co uh, capitalist consumerism, there will be some commercials coming up to provide a buffer between this show and the next one run by Gordon Smart. After that, ex-England winger Trevor Sinclair will be giving you his perspective on the interface between the known and the unknown. And remember, Merry of course, Christmas. Merry Christmas, or what you might want to call it, Festivus, if you're a Seinfeld fan, or there's probably some other religious ceremonies that happen around that time. And they're one for, what's that one that's for the Zoroastrians? And they're one called, Zoroastrians. yeah, them. Don't they have one? Probably, Whatever image system you use to align your relationship with the unknown with, Brian Cox, it will be something to do with science. What do you do over Christmas? I will be, yeah, realigning my relationship with the unknown uh, uh, using <laughs> wine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Realign your relationship with the unknown using chemicals on your mind. Radio X, we've enjoyed it. We don't know when we'll be back. That is the truth. But if you want us back, pester those Can big I, bosses, we... Dennis and Clive, because they will be foaming at the gams at the quality of this content. No one tells me anything. Are we off now? We're not on the radio. We won't be on in January. Don't know when we will be back. Oh, right. Until then, I would like you to spend the time between 11 and 1 on a Sunday no in total me. silence. <laughs> Sit in silence and think of Matt Morgan. I know because no one's decided I might be in America making a big TV show, but we just don't know. <laughs> what? what? Oh, yeah, there's so much that. going on. This could have all been content. What's wrong with us? Right, anyway, Merry Jesus, Merry Jesus, and we will see you soon. We will be back. By God, we'll be back. By Allah, we'll be back. By Yahweh, we'll be back. By any one of them entities that represent pure consciousness, we will be back. I'm, watching, I'm watching this fantastic. It's still 18 seconds. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> he goes Look on a massive rant. So He's no. evaluating the entire thing. Should we be going to adverts? I thought you later? peaked too soon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had to be about three peaks in there, but <laughs> as you know from my past, it's something I can do. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple climaxes, something that old used to offer. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we have brought this live fiasco to a conclusion, a carnival where flesh meets joy, the apex of the unknown. Merry Jesus, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you very much. This is Radio X. Russell Brand. That was a hell of a radio show. Matt, I can see you're concerned about me. You're sitting there clutching a present. What's going on? You're like a little orphan waiting to be rehoused. Uh, no, I look. Got this for my new master. This is from Tasha. Tasha, thanks, Tasha. We love you. It's say Asali. that Asali. Asali. A Hindi for genuine. And Ooh. it's a uh, present to both oh, of God, us. Pull the ribbon, pull the ribbon Ooh. for me, boy. Hang on a minute. Oh, it's like you're pulling off it. a garter. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely to watch that. Oh, it's like Moulin Bloody Rouge, isn't it? Patricon, what's in here? There's all sorts Read of treasures. That. Read all of it. Now, this is just we're unwrapping a gift from one of the members of the Matt Morgan Appreciation Society, or as I know them, the mentally ill. Now, what's this that they're presenting? Ooh. Little wallets made lovely. by you. Did it's you a leather wallet. No, it's a lady I work for. 
A lady gave us a look at a like leather that. wallet. I like a, a mini wallet. A lady gave us a look at a leather wallet. I've been trying Good. to combat stress all bloody morning. And a woman yeah. has the, ch- well. the nerve to come in here. So, uh, yeah, of course, I'll be doing a church reading very soon, Matt. Oh, you are doing it? Remenham. Remenham Church. Hang I'll on a be minute. reading it's something from Abraham. Do you want me to have a little practice? Wait a minute. You're, you've got Brian Cox here. You're doing a podcast. Yep. So when are you doing a church reading? After I, I've gone to interview old Coxie about science and all that, as you know, because I'm very interested in science. And then I'll be off to the church. Where I'll be, oh, I've given my phone away, reading something about... Now, apparently there was this fellow called Abraham in the old days and he went for a hell of a lot. Now I'm going to be reading something about him. Right. Why? Why are you curious about it? Do you think well, it's I'm just weird to... that you're doing that. Did you get invited to do it? They go, no, he invited himself. He begged. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? I was going to that church anyway. I was going to be at that vicarage, sleeping outside, arms outstretched. Do you know what I think's <laughs> funny is that um, with Brian Cox, mm. you're going to argue with him in this podcast because he he's basically saying I don't believe there's any link between consciousness and reality no, no. Yeah, and I believe there is and you, I, you, I can see that. you starting to get annoyed mm. can I the problem it's going to be a problem because I'm actually as you know a religious maniac now religious maniacs throughout history of course a lot of grief haven't we now oh no oh my ears and whiskers oh my special pocket oh no <laughs> Nanny's going to get in trouble oh Nanny's going to cause real mischief talking about the unknown oh dear would you mind explaining just exactly what you're doing, sir? <laughs> well, it's not Celebrity Squares, Phil Mitchell Special Edition. <laughs> what the hell's happening? There's a fella in here with swimming goggles on his bonce, <laughs> popping his head around the door. Absolute mystery. Good God, who was that masked man? I like yeah. that man because he was the first person I've ever seen to say to you when you went, excuse me, he went, hang on a minute, and took a phone call. <laughs> I know. He'll be the last man you'll see do that. (laughs) (laughs) In particular, you won't be seeing that one again. (laughs) No, no, I quite liked him, actually. Yeah, I liked that. He was professional. He actually, I mean, we'll we'll hear when we listen to the show, we'll judge him by the audio quality. (laughs) Because if he's to be judged on his manners, we can see that the man's little more than a scamp. (laughs) But presumably the audio is picture perfect. (laughs) And if it isn't, the letters will be firing off. In fact, they've already been written. It's just a matter of pressing send. So, um... Go on, Matthew. What did you want to talk about during this bit of the news show? News stories we've got news, here. We news. never did any. They've happened recently. News. News. Largest penguin that's ever lived was found in New Zealand. Look. Big as a man. Penguin big <laughs> as a man. Oh, come on. You wait, the minute Brian Cox leaves, you come out with a vilest claptrap, don't you? <laughs> he goes out the door and you say, penguins are as big as men. You better mean the chocolate biscuit, my lad. You better mean the chocolate biscuit. So what's that? Yeah, they found its fossils. Yeah, but, yeah, but it's still amazing. It's five foot eight. Nah, it's not as big as a man. It's as big as a woman. Now, like, I'll tell you something about... Uh, there used to I'm be five sorts, nine. There you, there you go. There used to be all sorts... I'm only mucking around. There used to be all sorts of gigantic creatures roaming the earth. But then, uh, uh, because of humankind, that's what we are, I think. No, not just us. Evolution as Don't well. Don't you dare blame evolution. Don't you dare. Evolution's been like a father to you. <laughs> now, like... Uh, but, but, like uh, the, apparently, we hunted all the gigantic beasts. No, we, that's, not mate, that's not true. That's not true. Right around you, the dinosaurs. Listen, mate... I'll tell you what will fall, the walls of Jericho. <laughs> because I'm about to blow your little minds. When we went to Australia, it was relatively late in the day. It was something like half nine o'clock. 
human terms. But when we got there, it was all full of bloody great big kangaroos, stinking great ostriches, tigers. Why? They were as big as a fridge. But after just one month, Matt, one month, they were scarce as you like. And do you know why? Because of our big bollocks, Billy Big Bollocks the human, nutting them off left and right, so splatting them completely down. completely untrue. Gigantic. No, it is true. Have a look at no, it. No, but there used Giant to be, do you know, Australia. there used to be birds that could pick up like large mammals like a sheep. <laughs> It'd be birds that could pick up a sheep. Well, they're really, Matt. Yes. Birds that could pick up and a sheep. And horses were little. That's your offering. Horses were little when they started. Don't you dare do a gesture of a little boy <laughs> to represent a tiny horse. Horses were little when they started. Talking of little boys. I was in the horses for ages. Now everyone's into them. I was in the horses when they first started, man. But then you sort of got into them. Horses aren't a band, although they probably are, are they? Yeah. Bound yeah. to be. Bound to be. Can we talk about, and we can talk about it in the podcast, the bit where it sounded like you said Tony Blair was bumming kids. <laughs> Yeah, that was dark. What's worse legally to say he's bombing kids or bumming kids? I mean, well, obviously both... it's worse legally to say he's bumming kids because he didn't bum kids, but he did bomb kids. And that's just the simple historical fact. But All if right? you were... I mean, you'd kill more from bombing them. So what's Definitely. worse? <laughs> Look, Matt, let's not play some sort of Tony Blair oh roulette God. where we talk about bomb or bum like he's a <laughs> marry or kill. <laughs> <laughs> there are literally no allegations of the, the what you thought I'd said, but there is empirical proof that Tony Blair was involved in the government forces that sanctioned the bombing of Iraq. So that's not a controversial thing to say. It's simply just like saying earlier I was sat on a chair. It's just a thing that happened, except when I sat on a chair, I didn't needlessly kill any children. <laughs> only difference. All right? One child was killed because he was in my way. <laughs> How else was I to enjoy a good sit-down? Luckily, though, I checked that child's passport and he was not of Anglo-Saxon origin. So, no, that, that's satire. 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 Sat not satire. It's, it's, it's got no soul to it. Satire. I'm not into it. Right. Now, all right, Matt. So your, your contribution to this show is that penguins used to be as big Huge. as oxes. Yeah. That's pretty interesting, isn't it? What about this? I mean, this you could be killed by a penguin no in the way, past. No, I could not, mate. Because as soon as I see it coming, I'll be off, mate. I'll be off. I'll be. Oh, do you know what? I take flight, unlike a penguin, because they can't. Do you know why? Little narrow arms. Do you know why some penguins are black on one side and white on the other side? And it's not a joke. I'll handle this, because as Michael Jackson said, it don't matter if you're black or white. Be both. Oh yeah, that and. If That's the main reason. If, you're, if they're swimming and you're underneath them, you can't see them, oh. and then you can't. They look like the snow from above or something. The they sky, look like the sky from above. They look like yeah. the sky from above. But when you get on top of them, the blackest night. Oh, you dirty little dog. And what? What about a penguin? Oily little feathers, aren't they? <laughs> you see them in a zoo, don't you? Yeah. Oily little feathers. Can you imagine all that congealing on the water surface? All that oil, but then you get underneath. Snug How do you know tummies. they're oily? <laughs> Snug little tummies. Well, because like everyone, I know they're oily because like everyone in the world hears this story that everyone in the world tells. My mate, right, he was drunk and he went to London Zoo, right, and he nicked a penguin, right, and he put it in his zoo and he went back home and he put it in the bath, right? Everyone says that. Everyone I've no, ever that met. No, that is a story that actually happened once. Yeah, see? You think it was your but mate? That's not... It. No. I know someone who did that as well. See? Everyone knows someone who does that. Child on a school trip. Oh, poor penguin. Darling Matthew and darling other person. I've been in a London zoo and you cannot nick a penguin. It's simply too tricky. Because they've got <laughs> such oily little feathers, haven't they? You, try, you touch them like oil. Soap. Oily little ticks. I said like a bar of soap. 
through the wilderness you know i made it through i didn't know how lost i was but then i found you now what's going on in britain i'll tell you most googled questions foreigners ask about brits revealed <laughs> new research has calculated using calculations the most popular question foreigners were asking about britain in 2017 Germany asked, I always say asked, why are the British ugly? Boo, boo. Anyone here British? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm British as well. I didn't like it. British? Yeah. Although we've studied our DNA, haven't we? And it turns out that only one of us here is actually British. It's boring old Matt. <laughs> as British as you like. No, you were the same. You had a massive percentage of British. Piss off, mate. I was Azerbaijani as you like. <laughs> Ashkenazi. I was Ashkenazi as the best of them. I was Ashkenazi, all right. And I was part... What's the other thing I am, nearly? Mesopotamia. 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 Come to Mesopotamia. That's Tasmania. That's right. Part of that. <laughs> Why are the British ugly? That's a bit offensive, Out of order. Out I wouldn't of order. say the Germans Spain. were beautiful. Look at this. Why do the Brits have bad tea? France. Why do the British drink so much? Poland. Why do British like to drink tea? Belgium. Why do Britain drive on the left? Sweden. Is the UK one country? Do you know what? I'll read that. I'll say, thank God for Brexit. I really do. Oh if those are questions, don't ask it. I will Brexit you so hard. I no, will there's... Brexit you where the sun don't shine. There's and I some... look up at you and you're a little penguin. I see your little white tumbo. I come on the top, you've got an oily black back. And that is why I'll never trust you. <laughs> there are some positives. Go on. Why are British the so Brexit. polite yeah, in the take Netherlands? The why are the, the USA, why are the Brits so good at waiting? Oi! They're taking a piss. Yeah, that's sarcastic. That that's a, sarcastic That's a compliment. Enough. We're patient. Are they? Are we? I mean, Will the radio show or podcast be back, says Gareth? That's a, that's a plea for his job. He's got a job. <laughs> He'll be looked up. Dennis and Clive are foaming at the gams. What is going on? This is, I walk in here today and then you make a speech about this being the end of everything and you're retiring. Who said that? You. Did I? No. Yeah. Did I? It felt like that. Oh, I do give a good speech, though, don't I? <laughs> what about the one I had to do after I was thrown off the radio that time in front of a picture of Stalin? Yeah, I didn't think... I didn't buy I it. it was a good speech. I didn't buy it. What do you mean? What's wrong with it? You, you were saying, oh, I'm really sorry about this. I'm so sorry, but you just looked like complete bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell it wasn't... You didn't care. You'd been made to do it. Did it look like that? Yes. Because it was that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But I am sorry if I hurt any... I never like hurt a person. I love persons. I saw one once. It was at a bus stop. I saw it there and I thought, you're a bit like me, but you're at a bus stop. But I was at a bus stop myself once, so perhaps you're me then. But then the journey just carried on, Matt, so there was no time to explore further. So what's going on then? You're... Under the Skin with Brian Cox, where we'll get to the bottom of some of these complex issues. What's going on with this show? We all oh, need to know. We feel like Alan Partridge's staff in that episode. <laughs> <laughs> Pear Tree Productions <laughs> will continue. <laughs> right, you, Matt. I'm not going to put up with that back chat. Get out. <laughs> right, G, poems. Very frilly, aren't they? Oh, I've written a poem. Yeah, um, no, I think we'll come back, won't we? I don't know. I don't know the future, do I? I want to carry on. Do you? What about you, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> muted, muted enthusiasm muted. from the 28 people that are actually Nothing like the haircut noise. That was awful. <laughs> No, it's too little, too late. The haircut noise sounded like Terry Waite being eventually finally released. <laughs> <laughs> right, Terry, you're going home today. Oh, thank you, thanks. <laughs> Matt Morgan's had a trim. Oh, finally. 
at last. <laughs> Wheezing off into, oh, well, we'll try and come into back the Beirut sunshine. The Beirut sun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, we've mentioned the Beirut sunshine, and it's time to almost end the show, because I've got to interview Brian Cox. Now, do you think he was having a nice time? He was, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Was he? Yeah. Because I can't tell good from evil. That's one of my problems. <laughs> I've never known the difference, see? I mean, what is the difference, you know, barometer between good and evil? And if there is such a thing as a difference between good and evil, then what's this standard <laughs> being set by? You know, where's it coming from? I mean, you evolve morality. I mean, how would that happen? You can so? turn the thing off now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just be doing this for another month. About a month. About a month. I'll be here about a month. <laughs> right, hold on. Science says there's four types of drunk, and we will be examining that more closely in a month. Won't we, Matt? Because, a month? Well, I don't know. How long do you need I off? Don't, I don't need any time off. Come on, I, I thought I had to come here yes, next week. When are you going to write your sitcom? I'm writing it. <laughs> Try harder. Get it done. What yeah, page I'm, you, let me ask you a simple question. What page you on? What page it doesn't on? work like that. Can't even answer it. Can't even answer what page he's on. He page 17. Started. Do you know what he's done? He's scribbling on his pencil case. That's what he's been doing. He's just scribbling on his pencil case, breaking his rubber in half and smelling it. That's what he's been doing. That's all he's done. And he calls that work. Well, I tell you, I'm not going to put up with it. Not on your Nelly. We've got to build a better Britain, guys. We've got to build a better Britain. As I've always said... Things can come true. Look at me. I've got you. This has been a wonderful episode in my life. <laughs> and I look forward very much to starting a new religion, hopefully. So, uh, no, we'll, we'll be back at work soon, will we? Surely. Yeah. I'm, you say it, then you ask everyone. Podcast with Brian Cox. Things yeah. can come Don't true. Argue with <laughs> Brian Cox, he loves you. <laughs> no, it's got to be strong. You can't let go. What of? You can't say goodbye. I never can say goodbye. <laughs> no, you're right. The audience is getting shifty. People are putting their coats on. <laughs> All right, it's time to wrap this up, ladies and gentlemen, and what a show it's been. We do this mostly for you, a little bit for ourselves, small amount of money, much less than you'd think. So uh, time for us to uh, move on. Is it, G? Yep, sure is. G, we love you. Thanks yeah. for your contributions. Thank, Thank you. you, Matt. And Thank you. Thank you, audience. Thank you, audience, yeah. Well, so, yeah, well done, all of you. Give yourselves a round of applause. See you in 2018 for more podcasts. More insights. Beyond Tree Beyond Tree Set. Beyond Cut Tree Set. Tree Set. Tree Set. Russell Brand. Radio. Radio.